Hello, it's me, the LGR Human Resources Robot. The episode you are about to listen to, was recorded in mid-December, but because Mark is such a lazy shit, it took him over a month to edit it. I will be taking disciplinary action that may or may not involve a spanking. Now, on with the show. This is your gift, the warden told us. Your gift and your curse. Touching lives only by ending them. Better than anyone. Welcome to a special Laps Gamer Radio Extrasode. I am your host, Mark Hamer, and on this episode we'll be talking about Hitman, specifically the 2016 version of the game, but also looking back on the series as a whole. Joining me tonight are fellow International Contracts Agency rejects, Agents 44, 45 and 46, aka Adam Ducker, Ali Cornwall, and joining us from the Codec Moments podcast network, Matt Holt. Good evening, Agents. Hello. Good evening. Um, So if you've listened to our Game of the Year episodes, you'll know that um, myself, Ali and Adam all named uh, Hitman as our Game of the Year. And Matt, it's safe to say you're a pretty big fan of the game. Oh, huge fan. It, it's not game of the year for me, but it might be second. Okay, Ooh, fair enough. Teasers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so expect a love-in over the next hour or so. Um, so first of all, I'd like to cover like our histories with the series. Um, so the Hitman series started uh, 16 years ago now, uh, at the turn of the century, with the release of Hitman, codename 47, which is uh, PC only. I don't know if it got a subsequent release on any other platforms or not. I don't think um, it has, no. 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 Um, but there's been numerous other titles since then. Uh, in 2002, we got Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, which was when it came out onto uh, consoles as well, including the GameCube, which I didn't know. Um, oh, no. 2004, we got Hitman Contracts, and then the excellent Hitman Blood Money in 2006. Uh, then quite a long gap, and then we got the rather disappointing Hitman Absolution in 2012, and then um, the 2016 version of Hitman. Uh, there's been a number of side games as well. Um, they had the Hitman Sniper Challenge in 2012, which is sort of a little prelude to uh, Hitman Absolution. And then Hitman Go uh, came out in 2014 on iOS and Android and then made its way to uh, PS4 and um, Vita, and now it's pretty much on everything. Uh, and then uh, Hitman Sniper in 2015 on Android and iOS. So. How do we first get into Hitman, and what titles from the past stand out in particular? Uh, Matt, as you're the guest, do you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Thank you. Um, I got into Hitman in uh, oh, you've you've said the year, and I've forgotten it already. Um, back in 2002 with Silent Assassin, and I got into it because okay. there was a demo on an OPSM disc. So I bought the oh, magazine nice. and the opening <laughs> level in the Italian Mafia Mansion was on there and I played it to death for about three weeks before the game came out and that was it. I was sold just from that alone. Have you played all the other games since then? Yes. Yeah, I've not missed okay. a single Hitman game. Um, 
I think possibly with you guys that Blood Money is the best one there has been um, prior to the current one. Um, yeah. But I did really like Absolution, even though it was a bit of a departure from the series. I thought the uh, the the style and, and setup did work really well. It just missed some of those key elements that um, would have made it amazing. Yeah. Um, I suppose we can talk a little bit about um, Hitman Absolution in a, in, in a bit, but I moments in that that game I really liked, but most of it I thought was a bit disappointing. Um, Adam, what's your history of the series? Uh, non-existent, pretty much. Um, really? <laughs> so the game interested me, like the 2016 version, but I'd never played any of the others, probably because, uh, like I mostly owned the GameCube, so like even I wasn't aware that Silent Assassin had come out on that. Um, <laughs> and then it was just not something, I guess because I wasn't there at the ground level, it was just something I never got into, and it was, funnily enough, the Codec Moments podcast, like a lot of your guys' discussions, Matt, about it kind of were like like that <laughs> coupled with giant bombs like video features on it i was like right i'm gonna buy it and i was listening to codec moments one night driving home from work and i was like right i'm just gonna get the intro pack see if i like it by the time within about 10 minutes i was like okay i'm gonna have to buy the full game this intro pack isn't enough so oh, then yeah brilliant brilliant we made <laughs> <Can we shoot? laughs> it's not even your game of the year so no, um, <laughs> it should be given the amount we true, have talked yeah. about it. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. other than that, I've played Hitman Go on Vita, and that's it. So pretty short, really. Uh, Ali, uh, pretty much the same as as Matt, really. Um, I think I started with the the original on the PC mm. um, all those years ago. I think um, I was fairly young back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I don't know, for some reason I, I couldn't quite get into it, but I enjoyed it. It's really weird. Um, it's a bit like um, Dark Souls a little bit. For some reason, some punishing games draw you in. I think the need to um, to beat it. Uh, I think at the time, my PC probably wasn't quite powerful enough to run it. Um, mm. But I think I've got a copy of the original game somewhere lying around. So I'd have to see if it still runs. Um, but yeah, I've, I've played them all. I think the only one I've literally haven't played is the sniper challenge um but yeah it's just one of those games that it's nice that you have to a think about it so you the the the, the stealth aspect of it is you've got to think about what you're doing and where you're hiding and um i think in the original game was it the mansion and you could kill a well subdue a um a guy carrying a crate of fruit i think it was and then you could hide your gun in it and then get into the compound or something Mm. Uh, and I think you escaped yeah. on a plane at the yeah, end, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, j- just love the series. And the 2016 one, I went to a um, like a video demonstration like they had at this year's EGX for Mafia. Uh, but they had the developers talking about it. Um, obviously, we'll go into it a little bit more. But what they showed us was really good, which was the Paris level and telling us their aspirations for the game. Uh, that got me hooked then. And then, yeah, it's been a, a pretty good ride on the, the latest mm. one. Um, I personally didn't get into Hitman until oh, a number of years after um, Hitman 2 had come out. I think about 2004 sort of time, I reckon. Um, I didn't actually play Hitman Contracts, but I've got a copy of the first two games. Um, I can't really remember much about the first one at all, but I have very 
vivid memories of like the, the first time I loaded up um, Hitman 2 uh, and doing the you know the, the the level with the German embassy in St. Petersburg oh yes yes that was like the first point where I sort of like got and understood like sort of understood what the game was and that, that was the first time I like really got into it but the the point at which I really got hooked on Hitman as a series was um, Blood Money um, that was a bit of a weird one. It sort of like came out right at the end of the PS2 and original Xbox generation, uh, and I picked up the copy on 360, which definitely looked like a PS2 era game ported onto the next gen hardware. Um, it's quite an ugly game now, um, but that was the point like where I fully understood what Hitman was, where it was all about playing a level over and over again. Until you like, until you master it, and um, the level specifically where it really clicked was um, curtains down. The one at the um, the opera, you know, the yes, the or like a practice for the opera, yep. um, and I played that over and over and over again until I figured out exactly how to make both the deaths look like a horrible accident and just walk out like nothing happened. And at that point, I was like, "Yes, I am sold. This series is fucking brilliant." Um, and I've been kind of hooked ever since. Um, and then Hit- Hitman Absolution came out. Um, the certain levels in that, like the King of Chinatown level, is incredible. Um, and there's a couple of other ones where you sort of have a starting point and then kind of a, just a sandbox area. Um, and then how you approach the target is completely up to you. And the, the, there were so many ways that you could take out the target, in, in specifically in um, the King of Chinatown episode um, level, even. Um, but too many of the levels in that were. Um, kind of like you had a starting point and an ending point and they were a bit linear uh, and I didn't like the idea of Agent 47 being hunted rather than being the hunter um, some people like that but I, it didn't really click with me um, played the shit out of um, Hitman Sniper um, the Hitman Sniper challenge um, that came if you pre-ordered it on 360 and um, other platforms and you got a code and you could download this version it was just like Hitman in a stationary point um, sniping down at like a rooftop party um, and I played a hell of a lot of that uh, Hitman Go I've platinumed legitimately not using any um, guides which I'm very proud of uh, haven't played Hitman Sniper though the one that came out last year but um Supposed to be pretty good, from what I hear. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend Sniper. Mm. Um, it's it's just a nice little game to play. It, there's not a huge amount of variety in it. It's one level, same people in same location, but it, it chucks you different objectives with each time you try it, and it it does seem to go on forever. That I haven't hit a like an, an ending mm. point yet. So I've, I've not doggedly played it every hour of the day. Um, and then they chucked out some free DLC of like a zombie. Overwatch kind of challenge as well, which isn't bad. It's it's not as good as the the core game, but it it, it isn't bad to get in for free as well. So it's definitely worth having a go at. Hmm, I have to have a look at that one then. So uh, moving on to our primary target, uh, the latest iteration of the Hitman franchise was initially announced way back in 2014. Um, when IO Interactive released an open letter uh, declaring their intentions to make a new Hitman game that would be less linear and uh, more open-ended, I guess following the negative critical response to Hitman Absolution. Um, 
Following that, there were a few teaser trailers uh, and information, and then it was properly revealed at Sony's E3 conference in 2015, which is, I think that was the first point where they announced that it was going to be episodic. Um, they might have announced that before then, but um, I can't remember specifically. And then there was a beta back in February that I know, Matt, um, you and Andy at Codet Moments, you, you both played the beta, didn't you? Yes, yeah, when yeah. we, um, I think anybody that pre-ordered um, got access to it. Yeah, and it did throw you the entire training level. Um, yeah. So if you buy the okay. full game now, um, you you get it's th- effectively three missions, as it were, in in that base. Um, yeah. And you, you, we just had that for about a week. Yeah, something like it, I had the beta as well. It was yeah, yeah. about a week. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't quite the same quality as the finished game. It was a little no. bit stuttery. Um, it wasn't as smooth. And whilst it was great with the mechanics. It did leave a little bit of what's the final game going to be like. Mm. Um, it was a little bit concerning, but obviously the final game came out and it was smooth as anything, worked perfectly. Um, yeah. So you know, fears unfounded at that point. Yeah, and then I guess they followed that up quite closely afterwards with releasing the the first part of the game on the 11th of March of this year. So that was like the ICA training facility with the three training missions and then the, the Paris fashion show. Um, I didn't. I personally didn't pick it up until just after Sapienza came out, uh, when I finally caved into all the, the like the, the good word of mouth and the good buzz that was buzzing that was going around that game. But um, I didn't get it until Marrakesh, so I was even a little bit later than that. Yeah, um, I was. I was initially put off. Um, I didn't like. Because like the news of the uh, episodic nature kind of broke um, roughly the same time that um, Square also said, "Oh, we're remaking Final Fantasy VII." Um, that's also going to be broken up into episodes. And I thought this is just Square being a little bit nasty, a little bit, you know, trying to a bit cash hungry and um, selling games piecemeal. Uh, rather than finishing the product and putting it out. Um, now, in retrospect, that's completely not fair <laughs> with this game, and the episodic nature works perfectly, but I didn't pick it up. I wasn't even that interested in picking it up until uh, yeah, the first two episodes had been out, and everyone was raving about how good it was, and then I, I finally picked it up then. But I, I take it, um, Ali and Matt, you both had it at launch day one? Uh, yes, yeah, and... Um, you missed a little bit of a treat because, um, like yourself, I was reserved about the uh, episodic nature of the uh, the release of a game like this um, mm. because for, I think for a lot of people, the way Telltale Games do it, I understand why they do it as if it's like an issue of a comic each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't quite work and then other games tried to do it and again, it doesn't work. Um, and I was like, oh, when they said this was going to be episodic, I was like, eh. But it's perfect for this type of game. They've, yeah. they've really done it really well uh, with extras that we'll go into in a bit. But mm. when the game first released, it was a bit shit. Uh, they'd worked out the kinks with the graphics and, and different things like that. Um, but I had a hell of a lot of issues uh, with server connectivity, um, which yeah. put me off uh, possibly until Sapienza released. It took them... Matt, you might be able to remember better than me, but it did take them a few weeks to get that yeah, sorted. Yeah, you're right. It was it was about four or five weeks yeah. before it was stable. Um, and I I pre-ordered um, whenever the pre-orders went out, the day they were released. So I'd had it on order for nine or ten months. 
um, because they at least had done the decent thing with the digital copies. They hadn't overpriced it. It was, I think it was 40 quid, so it was the same price as um, a retail game. And to actually get down to launch and have those kind of issues and knowing the episodic nature, it, it was worrying for those first few weeks, actually, is this is this a bad move? Have they made a mistake by not just going for a full, finished, polished game? I was just going to say, I don't know what the issues were with the server thing either. It's just you couldn't connect and therefore you couldn't play the game. It's like an always-on feature. It, yeah, and, and that's actually still in the finished game. Um, yes. But at least they've, they've amended it so your progress transfers offline as well. That wasn't there to begin with. So you could do everything, unlock all the bonus items and everything else from the first couple of levels, um, and then you know have a dodgy server connection, and you've got to start from the beginning again from scratch. And that was just massively oh, frustrating. And I, I switched off Paris at that point until they fixed the servers. Yeah, same. Because man. I didn't want to have to do everything again. Kind of glad I didn't pick it up at launch then. I missed yeah. all the fun yeah. games. So I don't know if you feel the same, Matt. For me, they've redeem themselves quite a bit with the levels and the elusive targets and things but it, it it did leave that bit of a taste in your mouth thinking this is really good and all I want to do is play it but it won't let me and like you yeah. I just turned it off and left it for quite a while until they sorted it out I'd go back to it every now and again fire it up you'd load into a level and then it'd kick you out saying you're not connected to the server and then you'd mm. leave it but yeah. thankfully they they sorted it out fairly quickly I guess um and now they finally uh, announce, or uh, they're patching, or they already have patched um, offline mode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I to be honest, I'd, I'd never really noticed it as a problem. I've never had any server connection problems or anything like that uh, while I was playing it, and I, I, I didn't get it until like a month or so after it came out. Uh, but I haven't had any server problems since then. So when they announced that it was going to be on offline mode, to be honest, I was like, oh, I didn't really realise that it was online. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they, they they did fix it, and uh, um, it was it was just before Sapienza came out. Because I remember, I think they they announced the release date of Sapienza, and, and I remember thinking, well, am I actually even going to be able to get into it and play it and make the most of it? And and it mm. was done and dusted by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good evening, forty-seven. Your destination is the Paris Fashion Show by Sanguine, one of Europe's leading couture brands. Your targets are Sanguine owner Viktor Novikov a former oligarch turned fashion mogul, and his partner, Dahlia Margolis, a retired supermodel, an iconic power couple on the global fashion scene, and two of the most dangerous people in the world. Novikov and Margolis are in fact the ringleaders of Iago, an enigmatic spy ring that deals in the global elite's most valuable secrets, unscrupulous and opportunistic. Iago has caused disastrous security leaks all over the globe, when Crimean separatists caused a deadly meltdown at the Odessa nuclear power plant, Iago gave them access to the plant security network. And when the Delgado drug cartel shot down the plane of President Hernandez and his family, Iago provided the classified flight plans. Now Novikov and Mogolis have obtained a knock list of British undercover agents, which they plan to sell at a secret Iago auction during the Sanguine show. So our client, MI6, need us to stop the ringleaders before the knock list ends up in the wrong hands. The Sanguine show will be swarming with security, and Viktor Novikov will be the focus of everyone's attention. But despite his posturing, he is merely the money man. 
The real target is Dahlia Margolis, beautiful and brilliant. She is a master manipulator and the true brains behind Iago. Two targets, a highly public event. At first glance, an impossible task. Then again, I do know how you love a challenge. I will leave you to prepare. Well, I suppose we better move on to the first episode then. So, um, episode one, which comprised the, the three training levels at the ICA facility, and then um, the showstopper at the um, Sanguine um, fashion show at, um, in Paris. So, um, what do you guys think of this of the first episodes? So, Paris, um, yeah, it was... It was a bit of an eye-opener after the training levels um, mm. because you're walking into this massive environment with hundreds of NPCs, loads yeah, of options, yeah. loads of space, and, and loads of opportunity. Um, but bearing in mind, as we were just talking about when I was playing it at launch, it did have a few niggles. Um, it wasn't... The gameplay was smooth, but the actual on-screen menus and... Um, opportunity system and everything else wasn't quite as good as it is now. They've improved that quite a lot. So I actually did the levels, uh, did the level first time around, and it fell a bit flat. And I kind of got to the end of it thinking, oh, it, it's good. I want to play more. I want another level, but I'm kind of just stuck with Paris, and it really did feel like an opener level, and then you had nothing else to go to, which is a bit disappointing because I, I love the layout of it now probably because I've done so many elusive targets in that place. Um, yeah. But you, when you know it all, and you, as with every Hitman game, once you've replayed and replayed and replayed and you you know every single angle you can approach it from, it's a fantastic build. But in the first sort of month when it was the only thing there until Sapienza came, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. Um, Adam, what do you think of the, the, the first pack? Uh, I really liked it. Um... One thing I think that's really good is how it's they build you up to that Paris level. Like they could have thrown you in that and used it as a bit of a tutorial, but mm. the levels that come before that are really clever. Like that boat level is possibly mm. the only level I've like a hundred percent mastered. Oh, wow. And I think it was, I think it was the only. It was the right balance of like the right size and enough for right and how to do things. Um, taught you like things like the opportunities and stuff, so that you, if you wanted to use them, you could. And there was teaches you enough different methods that you could use in a level that wasn't too small but not too big. That it was like overwhelming. Um, I really like the setting as well. How it was like this makeshift boat, um, like in a warehouse somewhere. Um, and then you went into that like it progressed you through to like that airfield level and eventually to Paris. Um, I really like Paris. It's one of my favorite levels, and I think that's just down to the setting, because it's something different. How many games can you tell me that have a fashion show in them? It's not <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, let alone one where you can dress up as a model and then walk down the catwalk. <laughs> like, um, oh, yeah. It's a helmet, isn't it? Yeah, helmet. Helmet so then, Kruger or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a really interesting mechanic that, that opens up. That, like, from the... I, didn't re I thought it was unique to that level, but pretty much every level has a unique costume that can kind of give you access to anything Paris has got a couple because there's a shake as yeah. well who can yep. go pretty much everywhere yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of that um, so it's kind of like building on those mechanics from the first two levels um, mm. 
but again, yeah, really good. Good for considering it's one of those. Um, considering it's just a mansion, there's a good variety of locations, and I guess the elusive targets have helped kind of open up that a bit more because you have targets that have different routes through the levels that yeah. weren't necessarily as relevant in that first mission. Uh, like the kitchens, you could easily do quite a few runs of it without even knowing all the kitchens are down in the basement. But then we had like the chef elusive target that meant you kind of had to go down there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, and I come from it from a different point of view. Cause like I played Paris, played the intro pack parts to death, played Paris quite a bit thinking I don't want to move on. But then as soon as I was done, I did have Sapienza to jump straight into. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it was good for me because I didn't have to wait. And it was that, still that build-up of skill between the things that didn't get lost in waiting, I guess. Mm. So yeah, definitely enjoyed Paris. Ali, what were your impressions of the first episode? Uh, I really liked it. Um, yeah. It, obviously playing it in the beta and then and then when it fully released, once the, the server issues were sorted. Um, but the, the, the training missions are probably some of the best training missions I've ever come across in any game that's teaching you the yeah. ropes but I'd I agree felt, with that yeah I felt like they didn't hold your hand too much either it was kind of like right no. you've got to go and get this guy and you can do it this way there you go kind of thing it wasn't yeah. too much hand holding through it um, well they were just they were structured like kind of exactly the same way as the uh, the main missions themselves were but just on a smaller scale yeah yeah I just love the um, way everything's made of wood as well as if it yeah. was an actual yeah, training yeah, yeah. mission. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. sometimes you're doing a training mission and it's like, I don't know, probably in FIFA and you're full playing blown, like a full-blown yeah. game or something. Whereas this, it's actually no, no, no. Everything's non-lethal and these are actors. And it's when you go to leave and it's a button you have to press because you physically can't get away on a boat. Yeah. Um, because when you look around, it is actually just made of wood. It was really, really good. <laughs> um, and then obviously you had the um, the hangar one as well, which was really good. Uh, probably one of the funniest deaths where you can eject someone out of their seat. Oh, the plane. Um, yeah, no. yeah. That was yeah. genius. Um, so, yeah, and then, then you get to Paris and it's... I, I don't know. Paris, I think, for a lot of people, is just a bit... Nah. It's, yeah, it's, it's good once you get into it. But after doing the training missions, it didn't seem as fun and maybe mm. a bit too jumping in at the deep end for your first mission. Um I think maybe they could have swapped some of the levels around a little bit. Um, I personally think episode six is pretty easy. That could have possibly been wow. part of level one. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I breezed through that. I don't know why. I just did. Um, mm. First sitting, bang. Um, but, but yeah, no, it, it's really good. Um, and it definitely left me wanting more. Um, so that first episode for me did the trick. Um, and I think you could get it fairly cheap if you just brought the episode one in itself. Is it around ten pounds? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Uh, like it that. was about eleven yeah. or something, wasn't it? And yeah, then you could pay for an upgrade, so you yes. didn't have to shell out the full amount for the whole game. Yeah, so mm. it's quite nice that you get your, your yeah. training missions, and then you get the Paris level. Um, anybody that's listening that has just got that, we will definitely recommend that you get the rest of the levels. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was a good good intro into the uh, the new twenty sixteen style of the game. Yeah, um, I had a similar experience to to you, Adam. I kind of spent quite a lot of time in the training missions. Um, yeah, because they were just—I was just trying to get to grips with with like because they'd thrown some new mechanics that hadn't been in the, the series before, like the opportunities that that uh, don't think that had ever been in a Hitman game before. 
um, where it kind of like gives you hints on paths you can take and you don't have to take them it's just an option that you can take uh, mm -hmm. and I was exploring all of those and um, uh, then when I jumped into Paris like the, 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 properly it was it was a little bit daunting at first because as uh, that that building is a lot bigger than it actually looks um, on the inside there's mm -hmm. there's, a, there's so many so many corridors and um, the, the basement area and, and right up into the attic as well um, and so many people and so many op like different ways that you can approach it and I was a little bit lost at first um, so I finally got to grips with that and played through that um, uh, a couple of times but by the time I bought it Sapienza was already out so I, I moved on to Sapienza probably a little bit quicker than I should have and then had to go back to Paris later on um, overall I think it's possibly the weakest of the episodes um, but it's it's I've come to appreciate a little bit more as time's gone on um, it's kind of forced to be because you've gone back to Paris more than any of the other levels for the uh, elusive targets I presume because more people will have uh, will have at least have the intro pack rather than the full game so uh, yeah, if they yeah, have more elusive right. targets then there's more opportunities for more people to go back there and play that level um, haven't anywhere near mastered it but um it's it's a good introduction to it. It's it's something they they built on, um, which is, I guess is going to be a running theme as we're talking through this. Is one of the the benefits of making it episodic is after each episode came back, they actually listened to the feedback and could make improvements as the game went forward. Not only to like the UI and things like that, but to how the the, the levels actually played. I can presume most of the levels would have been mostly finished well in advance, but they could make little tweaks here and there before they came out. Um, so Paris was a, was a pretty good jumping off point. Uh, but moving on, um, the this is the point where I fully fell in love with the game. Um, episode two, Sapienza. Good morning, forty-seven. Your destination is the coastal town of Sapienza, also known as the Jewel of the Amalfi Coast. Your target is a former client of ours, Silvio Caruso, a brilliant but troubled bioengineer employed by the Ether Biotech Corporation. Renowned for his early stem cell research, Caruso is now reportedly working on a far more disturbing project, a DNA-specific virus able to infect anyone, anywhere in the world. Imagine a bullet, fired in any direction, passing through countless bodies without inflicting harm, invisible and undetectable until it strikes its target. A world of armchair assassins killing with impunity. This is what awaits us, unless Caruso is stopped. Our client, one of Ether's major private stockholders, wants the project cancelled on ethical grounds, but without destroying the company in the process. She has asked us to eliminate Silvio Caruso and destroy the yet unfinished virus prototype. You will also need to deal with Caruso's lab head, Francesca DeSantis, a high-level Ether employee and cutthroat corporate climber who holds intimate knowledge of Caruso's research and could potentially carry on in his place. This is no ordinary contract, 47. Caruso's virus is a serious threat to our craft and trade, not to mention our core ideals. So failure is not an option. I'll leave you to prepare. 
This was... Uh, this is possibly my favourite level. It's the one I've spent the most time in. Uh, it's the one I'm closest to, to mastering. Um, what do you guys think of, of episode two? Well, um, uh, Sapienza, so after after Paris, and um, being a little bit meh, even though it's good, a little bit meh, where, where's, where's it going? Um, Sapienza just blew me away. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal level design, mm-hmm. a nice little story, tons of opportunities, and it just looked amazing. It yeah. was an Italian coastal town, and you could shoot a plane down with a cannon. Yes, it, yeah, it, it had, I've done that. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it, it had everything, and I just kept at it until it was until I full mastery, um, the full mastery level. I ha- still mm. haven't completed every single individual challenge in it, but mm. full mastery level, and that that level made me go back to Paris and fully do that, and go back yeah. to the training level, fully do that. Um, it really just made me go this game is right and mm-hmm. it is the best Hitman game I've ever played it, it yeah. took to episode 2 but stunning, absolutely stunning yeah, um, yeah. I, would, I would say Sapienza like you say is, is probably one of the best levels, probably not the mm. best but one of the best depending on how you look at it um, mm. mainly because it's the first one that's almost a true sandbox kind of open world or open level um, it obviously, is huge that level. Yeah, you can't go out of it, yeah. but it, it, it's phenomenal in the size. You, you go into to Paris after doing the training missions, and you're like, "Oh, fucking hell, there's too much to do here," and you're like, "You're not too sure what's going on," and lots of people. And then the next episode drops, and you're literally in a coastal town. You mm. can go pretty much where you want, do what you want. There's so many different routes and tunneling systems under the city, and all sorts of stuff. And then you go. Yeah, these guys know what they're doing with this game because there's that many opportunities and you're walking along and you don't even have to select the opportunities from the menu you can just walk along and it triggers um, mm. and you can hear that couple having an argument out of a, out of a window oh. and stuff oh and, yeah um, uh, right I've got to pull the game up on this point because <laughs> that right that, that was when I noticed first noticed my only quibble with this, with this hitman, like the, the, one of the, the very few things that stops this game from being perfect in my mind, um, is every time you start the Sapienza level and you get up and you walk forward and you hear that woman go, "Rocco, Rocco, come down here," <laughs> um, to her brother, um, and I was like, "Is she supposed to be Italian? Is he supposed to be Italian?" And then I walked oh, around the yeah, town yeah. and then I noticed that everybody has got the same accent. There's no one there with an Italian, and I, and I understand that Agent Forty Seven is is he is fluent in every language, but none of them have an accent either. Every it's yeah. the same in every level, isn't it? That they're all yeah. American American voice actors, so that's all you um, get. The Bangkok one when they're all like Cockneys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Apparently, didn't they say though that that's just the way Agent Forty Seven hears them in his head? Is there a way around? Please? That's just yes. rubbish because that's yeah. never been in the other games when you've been in a, in um, a foreign country. But yeah, no. other than that downfall, the, the Sapienza is probably one of the best levels in the entire series, um, just because it is so open, massive, so many different ways to do it, um, and you don't realise how big it is until you've explored it all and done the whole two missions or two yeah. two targets. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really good level. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. Did any of you guys find the Kraken? Yes. Yeah. No, I don't even know what you're talking about, no. Uh, there is a boat uh, out in the, the, the harbour, 
uh, and you've got this, uh, there's a, some bells on it and you've got to shoot the bells of the sniper rifle in the right order uh, and okay. it makes a crack and pull the boat into the sea oh okay <laughs> just, a, just a weird uh, thing I've in there. One, um, I think there's a trophy attached to it. I think that's how I, how I found it because I, I saw a trophy. I was like, oh. "What the hell is this for?" Yeah, um, yeah I, I was the same, exactly the same. Looking, looking for it, thinking, where, "How do I get that one? What, what does that mean?" Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, what did you think of uh, Sapienza? Pretty much everything that everyone else has said. I think um, the level designs, like top notch, easily could have just had it in the. The immediate grounds of the mansion, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and it still would have been a good level. But the fact that you had like the little streets around it, kind of, yeah, and even that little like the first method I used to get into the house was those uh, the courier guys with the flowers, right? But it was just cool how there was like a little side street and like their truck had broken down or whatever had happened to it, and then even in the distance, there was a tunnel, not that you could go down it, but it was kind of. It's not what, even though I hadn't played a lot of these games, it's not why I associated with them. And then Paris didn't do that much to kind of change that view. It was still contained, but then Sapiens started to like open that out. And I feel like some of the other levels certainly opened things out more. Um, and I think it's definitely got some of the funniest deaths. Even uh, <laughs> the, first, the first way I killed was um, when you give them the f- give the guy the flowers and then he goes to his mother's grave, whatever it is, and I just yeah. hit him over the head with a shovel. And I, that was hilarious to me. And that's a simple <laughs> death. But yeah. I just thought, this is so funny. <laughs> like, I just hit a man on his head with a shovel. Yeah. And, like, it's just that as much as, like, you get quite serious into the game trying to break it down, it's, like, those... Co- that's when it first hit me about the comedy deaths because I went from Paris to Sapienza relatively quick and the methods I used in Paris were more of the serious methods and this is when I first started to think okay I know what this game's actually about it's did not you, necessarily uh, did you put about him in the perfect. wood chipper after you'd knocked him out yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah um, I think that the, 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 the way I killed um, the guy the first way is like where you start off and you immediately get that first um, opportunity with the chef uh, and I went and nicked his clothes and went in and put some rat poison in the um in the, the sauce. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that he runs around the side and throws up, and then I just uh, yep. like uh, snapped his neck and then put his body in uh, the bin near, but they're there. Um, but it's the first point where I realized that the opportunities not only do they sort of like point in your direction, show this is a way that you can kill this character, they also um, quite often will lead you past other opportunities. So on the way to get the, um, actually on the way back from getting the chef's costume, I found uh, on the floor below the the ICA safe house and I went in there and found the exploding golf ball and thought, right, what's, yep. what's this for? And then I found, when I was wandering around dressed up as one of the bodyguards, I found the the area where he goes and plays golf and I was like, right, okay, this is going to happen. Um, so the next time I played it, um, I went and stuck the exploding golf ball down there and just stood back and waited for him to come out and um, and start uh, teeing off. Um, so many fun ways you can take out the targets in that level. I, I did the one as well where you have to sort of like um, alert the target to the point where he will try and flee the level and then shoot his plane down with the cannon from the fort. Um, but there's there's so many different ways you can you can snipe him from um, the top of the church if you shoot the control box outside the observatory so it opens up the observatory and then he goes and looks through the telescope and then you just shoot a bullet down the telescope into his head. <laughs> um, 
there's so many ridiculous ways you can take out the targets in this level. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it's big and it's it's probably the the nicest looking of the levels as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. one I've gone back to the most. I think the the only complaint I had was there were a f there were a lot more ways to take him out than there was her. Yes, you didn't get as much choice with her. So when you were replaying no. a lot, um. Especially before they they patched, what did they, they patched the um, basically as soon as you completed the challenge, it saved it immediately mm -hmm. to your profile. Uh, prior to the patch of that, you had to finish the level to get your challenge to save. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd you'd have you know ten, twelve different ways of taking him out, but you only had like two or three for her, so it got very repetitive quite quickly. Yeah. Um, if you were going for all the challenges, but that's about the only niggle I could find with that entire level. Yeah, I think the only opportunities I can think of for taking uh, her out is um, in the basement of the church, uh, where you can you can steal the um, you can pretend to be a dead body and then steal one of the scientist's coats and you can sneak into the lab that way. Yeah. Or you can coax you dress as a reporter and coax her out and then she she wanders away from her guards to do an interview or something like that and um, then you can killer and dump her body then but yeah there weren't many yeah. opportunities to take her out but there was a myriad of ways uh to take out the other guy yeah guess we should probably move on then so uh episode three was set in marrakesh good afternoon 47 your destination is marrakesh morocco where civil riots are looming your targets are private banker klaus strandberg and army general reza zedan Two of the conspirators in a sinister plot to overthrow Morocco's fragile government. Strandberg, a former bank CEO who stole billions of dollars worth of savings from the Moroccan people, was facing trial for investment fraud. But early this morning, a band of heavily armed mercenaries freed Strandberg from his prison transport, resulting in the death of several police officers. Strandberg now takes refuge at his native Swedish consulate, in front of which crowds of angry protesters have gathered, demanding his handover to Moroccan authorities. We believe General Zaydan orchestrated Strandberg's escape to infuriate the public and spark nationwide riots, allowing Zaydan to impose martial law. Operating out of a field HQ at a nearby abandoned school, he will no doubt use the riots to depict the Rabat government as weak and inept, and persuade the general staff to support a fully-fledged military coup in the name of national security. Our client, building contractor Hamilton Lowe, who stands to lose a fortune in government contracts, has hired us to prevent the coup d'etat. To do so, you need to paralyze Zidane's rebel forces and prevent the riots from escalating further, hence the double contract. This is quite the political powder cake, 47, so be careful. The fate of a nation is at stake. I will leave you to prepare. Two targets again uh, in this one. Uh, the the um, the guy at the Swedish embassy, uh, where there's a protest going on outside, and then a general who's holed up with his private army in an abandoned uh, old schoolhouse in the town as well. Um, this is another one of my favourite levels. This is what, another one that I've gone back to quite a lot, just because it's not as big as Sapienza, but... Um, there's just so many people. It's it's got a real vibrant, like busy marketplace feel about it. Um, 
with both like the, the there's the crowded marketplace uh, bazaar area and then the sort of like shisha cafe area and then um the wall of protesters outside the the embassy um what did you guys think of uh, marrakesh yeah it was good uh, it had probably some of the funniest deaths uh, yes. that you could do. It has my it. favourite. It has my um, absolute favourite death. So the, to kill the general, I kicked the toilet onto his head. That's the one. Um, <laughs> and then the other target, I um, sabotaged the moose. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the on moose the ceiling is. and killed him with that. Um, so I, I think throughout the entire uh, edition of this game, there's always been some absolutely funny deaths that you can do just to add that humour yeah. back in. So it's, it's got an accident, a really dark it's sense funny. of humour. Yeah, yeah, um, but no, it was it was a good, it was a very good level. Um, it was like you say, um, it, the levels are very living and breathing, and they've just got that feel of to them that you are actually in a environment where you could imagine yourself being on holiday or in that area mm-hmm. at that time. Um, While there's a protest going on. Well, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on what's cracking up, you never know in this day and age. Um, the most recent um, elusive target was there um, so she was quite funny um, but yeah it's, it's, it's really good and I quite like how they've got that um, Eastern European vibe to it as well where, with the, the flat roofs that you could go on to and, and things like that um, it, was, it was good, it was challenging as well that it was uh, guarded by military as well um, so I think that was the first episode we've had where it can be quite restrictive where you go and you had to have some kind of uniform to get even deeper into the level and then deeper still you had to have get a different uniform so that was quite interesting that apart from the market area you couldn't really venture out too much unless you knew where you were going and what you was doing um, but yeah it was, it was a good good level this is one level where I became a bit more aware of uh, the good sound design of the game and then over the Tannoy thing over the tunnel oh, yeah. it played oh Mr. So-and-so your massage is ready in there and I was like hey that sounds more interesting <laughs> like I'm gonna fuck some guy up pretending to give him a <laughs> massage so then I kind of got waylaid that way and it's like even though I didn't use like the opportunity system to track it it was a very clever bit of sound design to show me that there were other options mm. um, so I didn't kill people the same way so I killed him as the Massager, and then the uh, military guy I killed by um, what is it? Putting on the disguise of the guy he's going to kill, and then just cracking his neck and whatever when he wasn't looking. Um, but yeah, really fun level. Great. It's very, um, it's a very dense level. I think they did a. Other than apart from the crowds, I think they also did a good like depiction of what that style of market is like. Um, yeah. Like I've been to similar markets in like South Africa and stuff, and it was definitely as mental and like claustrophobic as some of those back streets are of all that stuff and all the crowds mm. just looking at stuff. Um, so yeah, I think they did a really good. It just shows kind of it went from like the decadence of like the Paris fashion show to then showing this um, street market and stuff. It was a really good way to show how they can like accurately depict diverse environments i guess but yeah really fun level it's yeah. one of my favorites one of the, one of the things i quite liked about that is when you're tracking a target around like uh, not so much the the main targets but like the subsequent um 
elusive targets when you're tracking them around town um, and you kind of stop because they've stopped and you're just hanging around waiting for them to move and then some guy will come out from his shop and try and sell you a carpet yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I know the one you mean again very accurate of markets yeah. of that type <laughs> now what did you think of Marrakesh it's a, it was a bit of a funny one um, was Marrakesh mm. mainly because it released um, around the time uh, around the time I was finishing paternity leave and going back to work and so right. young child going back to work uh, didn't have any time for it so I ended up only getting into it about three or four weeks after it came out in fact I think Bangkok was about to release before I even played it for the first time oh, wow. um, and so I, I was a bit Am I, am I really going to like it? And in fairness, Andy had, had mentioned how good it was. So I was thinking, well, it's going to be good, but will, will I really get on with it? Um, and it was probably within the first couple of minutes, I'd, I'd gone up to one of the rooftops with like a little Ooh. seating area and there was a sunshade. Um, and after it sounds, I was just, just looking at, around the environment and I could see the fixing bolts in the pole in the ground that was holding the sunshade <laughs> up and I just thought <laughs> how much detail have they put into this game this is mm. unbelievable and whilst I found it quite difficult to begin with to get into the level that, that you mentioned about needing a disguise to get another disguise to move on made it really challenging to begin with but once you cracked it it did open it up um, and there was a ton of ways of taking out both targets um, and it was just fantastic in the end. I mean, there was—I think it was possibly the escal one of the escalation challenges I was doing. That even when I got down to the fifth level of an escalation challenge on it later on, after I'd fully mastered the level, I was still finding routes through the level across rooftops yeah. and through bathrooms in cafes, and it was unbelievable. It's—it's it's a phenomenal level. Loads of opportunity, loads of choice, and uh, like you said, that living, breathing, vibrant place was alive in front of you. That's also the level that's probably the most dense in terms of um, things you can interact with. Like you just walk around any part of that map, and you walk a few feet, and you'll have little the little tooltips popping up on the screen saying, "Or oh, you can puncture the gas tank on this." Um, scooter or you can poison this bowl of snails at the market or you can poison this shisha pipe like or you can um, sabotage this junction box that electrocutes the puddle of water at the bottom of it just everywhere there's so many things to do I think that's probably the the best level for um, creating you know that the, the player created contracts that you can you can send out for other people yeah. to do yeah, I mean there's just because there's so many people and there's so many ways to take people out that's it. There's, there's all the poisoning opportunities along the market stalls. Um, yeah. There's plenty of nice secluded places um, that yes. you think you think oh, I couldn't possibly get anyone around here, but actually you, you can. There's there's nice little opportunities there. Um, that entire mm. underground tunnel area that links from the embassy uh, back to the old school. All of it. There's mm. just there's a huge amount to play with. Um, well, while we're on the subject of this episode and Sapiens as well um, after Marrakesh we got the summer bonus episodes um, so we had um, the Icon which was the uh, built in it which was one that's set in like a slightly reduced well actually massively reduced version of the Sapienza level um, set at night um, while a movie was ongoing there and then the um, uh, is it a house built on sand is that what it was called? The nighttime one in Marrakesh. Uh, 
with the two sorry I think a gilded cage mission yeah I think a gilded cage was the name of the main mission in Marrakesh and then a house built in sand was the summer bonus one um the icon, the one set in Sapienza during the film, that is the only one I've managed to get suit-only um, Silent Assassin on. Good morning, 47. Your destination is the Italian coastal town of Sapienza, where our client, Laventura Pictures, is shooting a superhero epic based on the cult graphic novel, The Icon. Your target is Dino Bosco, the film's director and leading man. A washed-up character actor, Bosco sees the icon as his big comeback. Unfortunately, his rampant perfectionism and complete disregard for the budget has left Laventura on the verge of bankruptcy. Still, he doggedly refuses to wrap the production. Laventura cannot fire Bosco without violating their contract. That is why they have asked us to retire him before the whole studio goes belly up. I will leave you to prepare. Because it's quite compact, uh, I managed to find a, a cheeky little route where I could get into the target's trailer, um, and then wait for him to go in there, then kill him with the, the, the five wire, and then get out without having to change costume. Um, what did you guys think of the, the summer episodes? I thought it was really good, because it, it was a surprise. Um, yeah. We didn't know it was coming, a bit like the elusive targets. You don't know they're coming until the announcement, mm. literally that day. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was good. And it was something different as well. It was like, and this is something that I think that the guys need a lot of praise on that have been working hard on this game, mm. is not only have they just released the episode, here you go, off you go, with lots to do anyway, they give us the elusive targets and then they give us these add-on packs, which is just another not skin but it's like oh by the way there's a film crew that's coming to Sapienza and you can't really go anywhere but it's there's loads of fun things to do like was it with the blowers and you could blow the guy up into a propeller or an engine or something and destroy yeah. him and because it's an yeah. alien set and there was just more fun things to do and you're like oh okay that's just completely changed the level because you think you know that level then they go ha oh, no no you don't we've got a, an alien movie set in here now try now um, yeah. and that they were quite challenging as well um, I found the, uh, the yeah, movie set that one, the movie one was pretty tricky yeah, yeah. I agree yeah um, and then uh, the, the, the house built on sand good afternoon 47 your destination is Marrakesh, Morocco your targets, Kong Tua Quang, head of a Chinese construction conglomerate, and Mathieu Mendola, chief architect at Tua Quang's biggest rival, Hamilton Lowe. Mendola plans to double-cross his employer and leak non-disclosable company documents to Tua Quang, including the confidential offer for a multi-billion dollar real estate project. In response, Hamilton Lowe has requested that we eliminate both men and send their competition a clear message. Kong has rented a rooftop patio for the meeting, but the location is as of yet unclear. So track them and eliminate them. And reclaim the documents. Good luck, 47. Um, they didn't change too much about Marrakesh level, apart from setting it at night, and I think there's possibly slightly less people than there were in the main mission. Um, but instead of the targets being holed up in two particular points, they actually move around the map. Um, so you've got opportunities to take them out in um, other areas. Uh, this was the one that 
presented one of my favourite um, assassination opportunities where you disguise yourself as the fortune teller and then it's like turn the fog machine on full uh, so nobody can see and then wait for the guy to come in listen listen to him talk tell his fortune and then club uh, cave his head in with the crystal ball <laughs> yeah I, I, I had a lot of fun with these levels um, Matt what did you think of uh, the, the well a bit of a confession I haven't done the Marrakesh one um, oh um, no I just no 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 don't worry you. about Sorry. it don't worry about it um, I, d- I did the Sapienza one um, really really excited about going back to Sapienza and yeah. was massively disappointed at how much they restricted that level because yes. y- you were down to maybe a quarter of the available space um, mm. and it was a little bit disappointing I loved the setup I loved the Iron Man parody it was yeah. it was brilliant <laughs> Um, and I, I got him in the same way I think uh, I think you did, Mark, with getting into his trailer. Um, but because I was a little bit disappointed with it, and again, a bit short on time at that point, I never got round to doing the Marrakesh one, but I have been told it is good. Um, yeah. As I've now managed to finish everything else, I will be going back to doing it um, and, and having another crack through. Because I think since, since they came out, I had gone back to the story Marrakesh mission and 100%ed mm. all the opportunities and everything else that I wanted so now I know that level a bit better I'll definitely be going back to it yeah I definitely recommend that. I mean that the um, the icon one in Sapienza is is really fun uh, but it's in quite a small space so like you can replay it it doesn't take very long to play through um, there's a multitude of different ways you can take the target out in quite a small area um, the uh, house built on sand one in Marrakesh that's definitely more of a playground um, and you have to think about it a hell of a lot more uh, and you have like the full level to play with like you did uh, in, in the main mission so it's, I'd say overall that's definitely the better of the two but you know it was a nice little bonus while we waited for the next proper episode yeah I couldn't knock that when they announced that they were releasing a couple of extra levels um, as mm. just to fill that gap because I think that was probably the the, the biggest challenge with They'd gone, they'd gone, not necessarily out on a high, but they hit that point in the summer where they said, "Well, it's going to be two, three months now before we release another one between Marrakesh and Bangkok." Um, and I was thinking at that point, "Well, how how do you cope from an episodic point of view of having a couple of elusive targets but no real content for quite a long period of time?" Yeah. And then they said, "Oh, hang on, we're chucking the summer bonus episodes out," and they did that, which was you know it helped fill that gap. Yeah, because episode 3, Marrakesh, dropped on the 31st of May, and then we had to wait until the 16th of August for Bangkok. So um, it definitely filled that gap. I mean, even if you didn't play it, there's still plenty of things to do in the first three episodes to keep you replaying them if you hadn't got the full mastery of them. But um, yeah, it was a nice little sort of... a a little change of pace, something fun to do whilst we waited for the the next episode. Mm. Um... I guess we'll probably move on to that one now. So, uh, episode four, uh, entitled Club 27, uh, set in Bangkok. Good morning, 47. Your destination is the Himapan Luxury Hotel Resort on the Chao Phraya River, just outside Bangkok. Your main target is Jordan Cross, the lead singer of The Class, a renowned indie rock outfit recording their highly anticipated sophomore album. But this millennial poster boy harbors a dark secret. One year ago, promising young actress Hannah Highmore fell to her death from Cross's penthouse loft in Dumbo, New York. 
According to the police, Miss Highmore's death was a tragic accident, but her parents remain unconvinced. They firmly believe that Cross murdered Hannah and only escaped justice due to the power and influence of his father, billionaire media mogul Thomas Cross. A secondary target, Ken Morgan, corporate fixer and attorney to the Cross family, is also staying at the hotel. Cunning and unscrupulous, Morgan was a key agent in the cover-up of Hannah Highmore's murder and Jordan Cross's subsequent acquittal. The Highmores understandably want retribution, and while the system may be powerless, ICA is anything but. I will leave you to prepare. Um, when they announced that there was going to be um, a level set in Bangkok, I, I, I thought it was going to be like on the city streets in Bangkok, and I thought it was going to be another one, like very crowded streets, lots of street the, the traders and vendors, and like lots of crowds. And so, when I first saw the trailers pop up, and saw that it was going to be set in just one sort of big luxury hotel, I thought, oh, this is going to be another Paris level. Um, Paris isn't a bad level, but it's uh, after like the big open sandboxes of Sapienza and Marrakesh, I was a little bit apprehensive. Um, but I'd say Bangkok is, there's a hell of a lot more to do in it than there is in the Paris level, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's bigger as well. The building itself is probably bigger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got lost in it a fair few times. Yes. <laughs> I I only played it after we'd done that special contract at Eurogamer. So. Oh, right. Yeah, same here. So that I we did that contract and I'd never seen the level before. And I went home that night and I put the level on and, and started going through it. And it, it reminded me a lot of that, of the hotel level in, I want to say it was in contract. The one where you had to take out, was it uh, Sebastian Fuchs and steal the nuke? I, that's the the only Hitman I haven't played. I'm sure it was Contracts. If it's not ringing a bell, it must be Contracts. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. That um, and, and that was <clears throat> walking into a hotel, having the run of the hotel to take out your target and then get back out. Um, and that it reminded me of that, but it was just the way it's presented and done. It's just beautiful. It mm. really is a lovely, compact level. Um, yeah, and I think the thing that really, really nailed it was when, when you can gas the entire lobby and just knock oh, yeah. everybody out. <laughs> and you, you find a way of doing that, and oh. and there's a bit of patience, there's a lot of planning, and and one thing that sometimes works in the Hitman games, but a lot of time can frustrate you. But the timing and working on your timings for getting things right. It required a lot of precision to do it, and it was brilliant. I got the timing so wrong on that bit. Like, I I got the opportunity, I got the the, the poison, and everything, and I found the area we were supposed to do it. And I was like, okay, um, what's going to happen now? So hit the button, <clears throat> and then a few seconds later, started getting um, non-target killed, non-target <laughs> killed, non-target killed. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I saved yeah, I ended up killing the entire lobby. <laughs> I saved just before putting the. Um, the knockout gas in um, yeah. and I must have reloaded 15, 16 times before mm. getting it right, partially because I, what I didn't realise at the point where I saved it uh, there was a guard coming up the stairs into that room, so he oh. saw me a lot of the time, so first of all I'm having to deal with him, then one of his mates showed up and it was, the, it was a bit of a comedy of errors, 
but it really it really enforced that time and expected that level that it, it isn't just a enter a certain area and trigger an event which still does happen in fairness in certain sections but with this one you really did have to think and plan and that's what made mm-hmm. it a lovely level and and the the multi-tiers is it about four or five stories that you end up yeah, going I up so, yeah. um, and that layer of security and finding the right the right costumes and picking your opportunity and also being a little bit brazen as well I think that was needed mm. for it in, in definitely taking the woman out on the upper level sometimes you just have to see you know literally three seconds of opportunity and take it yeah 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 brazen is how I approached the challenge that they had at, at Eurogamer because um, I played through um, I, I, I played through that level a few times before so I kind of knew the layout reasonably well like I didn't know anyone who was any of the levels but I knew it reasonably well um, I jumped in and uh, saw my target the first target and as has happened so often with me when I've been playing elusive targets thought I could wait for a better opportunity to come along but nobody's looking so I'm going to shoot him in the head um, <laughs> yeah. so hid rounds of some cover and shot the first target in the head then found the second target and just happened that they, were, they, they walked into a room on their own did the same thing again then found the third target she wandered away from a, another group of people so I shot her in the head and then ran out and managed to finish the challenge in 10 minutes um, but in terms of the actual mission itself again there's a, there's so many different opportunities you got to take out the targets. I mean, the, the ones that uh, that was most fun is um, dressing up as the drummer and um, uh, yes. joining yes. the cast yeah, band, and then finding oh, that. Agent Forty Seven can play the drums pretty well. It seems. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was con- I was convinced that that was going to become like a. I thought it was a risk to do that. Like he's not actually going to be able to play the drums, and they're going to be like, "What the hell? Who the hell's this guy?" And then when he just like pumps out some like actual beats, I was like, "Amazing!" Yeah, we can do that too. It's probably worth mentioning as well that there's a lot of, uh, I think in every level, if not most, there's a someone that has a striking resemblance to Agent Forty Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Which is like a running joke, but it's it's good fun. (laughs) Did you did you find the the um, sort of mixing board mini game for pulling the track together in the recording studio. Yes. That, what- yeah, because um, you have to do that if you take the opportunity where um, you put the um, the bad microphone in. Yes. The one that can electrocute him, and you have to go to the mix go to the mixing board, and the song is like this guy who I've never seen before. You you mix the song. Um, yeah, that was that was an interesting little mini game that they threw in out there. But that, that took a few attempts to get right. Yeah, it was yeah because it was having never seen anything like that in any other level or any other game. Yet I was yeah. completely thrown. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just had it just had so much variety from from a level I didn't actually expect to have that much variety. They did. Um, they did themselves justice with that one. They're saying, okay, we've got an environment, all these hotel corridors look the same, but we are going to make it so that you really can play around and do whatever you want in this level. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and whereas, like, with Paris, once you've got one particular sort of uniform, like, if you get one of the bodyguards or one of the security guards' uniforms, you've got access to almost all of the, the building. Um, there was, like... 
like you were saying, Matt, like the layers of security got tighter the further you went up, and you had to keep changing up your your costume to be able to progress up through the level. Like there wasn't a costume that was available near the beginning that would let you just walk straight up to the top, apart from the um, the drummer. But even getting to the drummer was quite difficult. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, it kind of tightened up uh, and restricted how how you got access to some of these uh, more restricted areas. Um, it was a definitely more of a challenge than than paris i'd say yeah yeah, yeah. it was you, yeah. you had to yeah. build on the skills you picked up from the last few levels so the next um episode the penultimate episode was set in colorado good morning 47 we have a lead on the shadow client ICA White Hats have traced the anonymous data received by our clients to one Olivia Hall, brilliant young hacktivist and suspect in a dozen cases of cyber vandalism. Using onion routing with state-of-the-art encryption, Hall went to a lot of trouble to stay untraceable. She is good, but we are better. Her digital trail has led us to a remote farm in Colorado, where satellite footage has revealed what appears to be the training camp for a private militia, led by an already registered target, Sean Rose, Australian environmental terrorist and explosives expert wanted for a series of public bombings. Rose was spotted near the scene of Thomas Cross's kidnapping, which makes him our prime suspect for the shadow client. Spurred by Eric Soders, the ICA board of directors has asked us to infiltrate the farm and eliminate Sean Rose, along with three other prominent militia members. Ezra Berg, retired Mossad interrogator. Penelope Graves, former Interpol anti-terror analyst, and finally, Maya Parvati, former assassin and gunrunner for the Tamil Tigers. I'll be honest with you, 47. I consider Eric Soda's reasoning hasty and ill-advised. Now, we cannot go against the wishes of the board, but we can conduct our own investigation. Whether a direct threat to the ICA or not, we need to know the Shadow Client's true agenda. I will leave you to prepare. Matt, did you go along to the the Hitman talk at Eurogamer? We we were tied up with something else, so we missed it, but we saw... Oh, right. Holly from the PlayStation Access team talking to one of the devs and had the looping footage over at the Access and PlayStation stand. So we got yeah. to see quite a lot of it, but we didn't get the detailed talk. See, this was quite um, this is qu- it was quite a funny when I watched this because like, it wasn't that long after there'd been all the news in America of um, what's his name? Is it Avon Bundy? Yes. The, 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 the crazy farmer guy who was like uh, he, he almost set up his own private militia to try and keep the government off the land they were grazing their their cows on, even though it was government land. And then they, the hitman drops this level that it's about a bunch of freedom fighters. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. The, I think that I hadn't seen. I think the trailer had been leaked before we went to to Eurogamer, um, or maybe when we were there. But that was the first point I'd seen any of that. But. Um, this was an interesting level um, because it's restricted from the very beginning. Very restricted. Yeah. 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 Um, it, I kind of was... didn't enjoy it for it. it I don't know. Really? I felt, yeah. There's something I didn't like about it because it felt too much of a restriction. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. Uh, See, I. Um... I, I found it a little bit difficult at first because like it, I wasn't used to playing a hitman level like this um, at least not in this game where like from the very off to even get onto the the the, the, the outskirts of the area where you're gonna be 
uh, assassinate these targets, you immediately have to get a costume. Like, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to do get a suit-only um, stealth assassin on this level. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. nigh on impossible. Um, but once you get in there, uh, it's probably got the most variety in terms of ways you can take the targets out. I mean, it helps yeah. that there's, there's three targets rather than the usual two. Um, uh, is it three? Or was it four? Uh, there might be four, no, no, actually, it was, yeah. It was four, because it, yeah, it, it did chuck a challenge at you, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard to even get to the point where you can get into the compound. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then there was the four targets that you needed to take out. There was the one guy in the the, the Mike Myers lookalike. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then there was the, the two guys, or the, the man and the woman doing the training. Mm-hmm. And showing the guys how to take down a a car. Got to be careful yeah. what we say to an extent because it might be quite spoilerific. Uh, and then someone else that you couldn't quite work out for the undercover or not. And I think is isn't this the first episode where you actually kind of get a whiff of more of a underpinning uh, story throughout the entire episodes. Uh, well, they all kind of link in, like all the way through the episodes. You hear characters talking about characters that were in previous episodes. Yes. Like so, yeah. in this one, you hear people talking about the character that you took out in the Bangkok episode, and in that episode, there's people talking from from other episodes. Like Helmet Kruger is one that gets mentioned quite a lot um, throughout the episode. I think they they latched onto the fact that he he became a fan favorite character. Um, but yeah, there's there's mentions of see the storyline, the overarching storyline throughout this game. I never really got much of a grasp on um, because it was spread out over such a long period of time. Like you play through a level and you get the ending cutscene. Um, you didn't get the cutscene on subsequent playthroughs because you'd already seen it. So I'd see the cutscene once and never really selected the option to watch them again. And then it would like be a month or so before the next one and so on and so. I need to go back and watch all the cutscenes, but um, there is a lot of chatter alluding to the overarching story, I guess. Yeah. In, in this yeah. one more than the others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and starting to piece things together Build up. And, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the only negative thing I'm going to say about this episode, other than it being probably the hardest episode um, of all the episodes, um, is that uh, because it's so hard, I was using save points quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I try not to use it as a cheat, but more of an aid. Sometimes these levels can take you several hours to to figure out. Once you've mm-hmm. once you've done it once, you'll kind of go right. I go here, go there, bang, 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 done. Um, but I actually got to the end bit where you go into a bunker, and I couldn't yeah. look at the map on the wall because oh. of my save game was apparently corrupt. Oh, and I was fuming. Yeah. So thankfully, I'd got quite a few of the achievements, but I then had to go back and restart the level. Yeah. Um, do it all over again uh, to then finally finish it, uh, which which was the only negative thing I've had to say really about the game in terms of the technical side of it, um, other than the uh, the connection issues that were at the start. Um, but the level itself was was loads of fun. Um, I killed the two guys with the uh, the ham the ram or whatever it was. Uh, oh yeah, the yeah. yeah, the door ram. Yeah, yeah. Um, I posed as a it's not CIA, is it? Um, is it Interpol? Yeah, an no, undercover Interpol. Yeah, actually. and I killed her with an axe, I think. And then the first time around, I threw her into the sludge. Into the target. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the Mike Myers one, 
can't remember how I killed him because I did it because I did it twice. I killed him two different ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the interesting thing with this level as well is once you've killed everyone, that's not the end, and there's a little bit no. more. Um, and then you have and to go and use that end bit is printer. really tough, isn't it? Like getting to getting into that bunker at the end is really hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because although you can walk around the compound, there's a lot of different uniforms and different people can spot you, mm-hmm. and you have to wear something specific to get into the the building itself. And when you're in the building, there's people that can spot you in that little house. And yeah, yeah, the, the toughest level I think in the entire series of, uh, that we've had. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's definitely that ending bit. Like, because I think there's, there's the only way into the bunker is um, 3D printing a copy of that guy's face and getting the, the the or his mask or something like that, and and then getting the, um, the 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 reader on the door to, to scan it. I think that was the only way you could get in. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that was really tough. Like, like I said, like I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to get a, a suit only stealth assassin on that because like even if you've got a costume, getting into that house and getting around it is really hard because it's so restricted. It's like the, the, the only the highest level of of, um, of enemy uh, combatants can be in there. Um, the moment you turn on that three D printer as well to print your mask, uh, it yeah. alerts the the hacker guys that are in the in the building. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to get to get suit only, you've got to have pressed that and hid somewhere or killed them all. I guess I don't mm. know. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's probably the toughest mission for everything really. Yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely the hardest one um, in this game, by by yeah. quite a long shot. And it, it does it does it right from the off. Like you said, you you've got to get into the compound, and just yeah. just figuring that one out can, I think, it'll probably spend maybe ten fifteen minutes just trying to work out what's the best way to get into here and and the best way to move from that point onwards. Once you're in, you're in. But it's it's that puzzle to begin with. I did like to see a return of the scarecrow hiding points though. That oh, came back yeah. from Absolution. That they were, yeah. um, regardless of what people thought of Absolution, the cornfield bit being able to hide as a scarecrow was a really good idea, um, and yeah, it was nice yeah. to see that they brought it back, um, not with any really obvious and easy opportunities, but it was there. Yeah, they did a good job of sprinkling some ridiculous costumes throughout this game as well. Did, did you ever dress up as the? Um uh, Renaissance era doctor in the Sapienza level with the like the crow's beak mask and everything. Oh, the yeah. beak thing, no. Yeah, yeah. There's some really fun costumes to mess around with in these levels. It's a massive level with loads of stuff to do. And, yeah, and mm. yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just. No, I think there was quite a lot of extra little um, mechanics to it as well because I don't know if any of you guys noticed if you killed someone or taken someone out, chucked them in a in a, in a bin or whatever uh, and there was weapons lying around you'd see people going why are the weapons out here what, what's everyone doing yeah. can't they put them back themselves and I don't think I've ever noticed that in any of the other levels apart from that one they do it um, all the time but it tends to be civilians civilians will run away and alert guards uh, and then there'll be guards that um, that yeah any guard that spots it will pick it and take it off to a safe place but because everybody is a guard it was much more prevalent Yes, but I suppose mm. that's worth mentioning that everyone in this compound is a hand or is involved. There's no yeah, there's, there's actual no civilians. civilians. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the closest you get to a civilian is like a, a technician or 
or something, but they're still, I guess, if you like, classed as a, a terrorist yeah. or whatever they are. Hackers, um, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and everybody's armed. I think it makes a key point of that, doesn't it? It's, there's yes. The, part of the, the the tension that comes from it is if you get spotted, it isn't a quick react and punch them in the face, as yeah. as you've done in other levels. Huh. Everybody's got a gun, and you're going to get shot. And that fight yeah. back is going to alert and bring more people. So it, it does it does make it tricky, not just from the layout and the, the challenge of the outfits, but just from everybody in the level in the first place. I think it just makes it really tense as well. It's it's quite good at capturing that, that point. Like I say, that's why I used a lot of save points throughout this mission, because you, you have to. Because if you make a mistake, I think you're pretty much dead fairly quickly, unless you can manage to get your way out of it. In a, in a nice manner if you make a mistake and the guards spot you like you say everyone's armed they're, they're going to shoot you um, so yeah it's, it's, it's a punishing level yeah this this is a, the, the one level it's like if you got spotted by someone doing something you shouldn't be doing just reload your save point because you're going to die yeah more yeah. than the other ones you couldn't you didn't get much of an opportunity to run away and hide no or to get other costumes no. as well it's that was another one that was like lots of different areas with different levels of, of restriction where you had to change costume quite a lot because there was like a lot most of the areas you could get around dressed as a guard but then there was like the area where they were the, the explosive testing area where you had to get a technician costume you couldn't go in dressed as a guard yes yeah and, and you wouldn't realize until you were in there and people started getting suspicious like um the uh, actually the the, the the bomb disposal tech, like bomb testing area was um, involved one of my favourite escalations where uh, you've got to get rid of the you've got to kill a guy like by ch- by um, putting him through the wood chip you can't kill him before he has to go into the wood chipper alive and then be shredded oh yeah <laughs> so you had to knock him out drag his body over there put him in the wood chip and then hit him and then escalate on from there. So moving on to the the dramatic climax of season one, oh, mainly climax. There's been another one since then, I guess. Um, Hokkaido, the Citus Inversus episode. Good morning, forty-seven. The board has sanctioned Eric Soda's for termination. After Colorado, we did some digging into Soda's private affairs and discovered that he has been fast-tracked for critical heart surgery at the hyper-exclusive Gama Private Hospital in Hokkaido, Japan. Such a display of power has providence written all over it. Sodas, who suffers from a rare condition known as Citus Inversus, where his internal organs are reversed, desperately needs a right-sided heart transplant and has clearly betrayed the ICA to get it. He was admitted last night and is currently being prepped for a three-day surgery. We have booked you into Gama under the usual guise of Tobias Reaper, corporate shark, here for a standard medical checkup. As such, you will need to play it by ear and procure whatever tools you need to complete the mission. You also need to eliminate Yuki Yamazaki, a Tokyo lawyer who works for Providence. Sodas has already given Yamazaki access to our client records and has agreed to provide a full list of active ICA operatives post-operation. This transaction cannot be allowed to happen. Sodas must pay for his treachery, and his insidious employers must be taught a lesson. ICA's sovereignty is at stake. Powerful as Providence may be, we need to draw a line in the sand. I will leave you to prepare 
this is another one where when they announced that it was going to be set in Japan, I thought, oh great, we're going to have another, we're going to have a level set in like in downtown Tokyo or something like that. Um, because I, you know, there'd been Sapiens in Marrakesh and had been set in areas with lots of lots of civilians and um, busy streets. Uh, but this was it was quite surprising when when uh, I saw the trailers and then loaded it up and it's like a secluded mountain top, um, high tech, expensive hospital sort of facility. Yeah. Um, it reminded it- me a little bit of the. Um, do you remember the level in Hitman Blood Money with the the party, the Christmas party? Oh, the was it the? Yes, I know, I know what you mean because there's there's like a panning shot, isn't there? When you open the level up and you're getting the briefing, which yeah. makes you go, oh yeah, what was that level called? You was it called? You better watch out. Yes, that was um, the one. Yeah. Yes, it did remind me of that as well. I, I thought yeah. exactly the same thing. I thought, oh, outside balconies on the snowy mountain. <laughs> Yeah, it it reminded me a little bit of um, Spectre as well. Um, oh the, yeah, where yeah. he goes to that facility. Obviously, it's a lot smaller in the film um, compared mm. to this, but he does go to something very similar, uh, kind of um, spa stroke healthy thing facility. Um, but yeah, it did remind me of Spectre quite a bit, especially with it being in the snow and whatnot. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this was the only level that kind of restricted you from the very off in a different sort of way, rather yeah. than you being um, sort of rather than you being like off limits from the very beginning. They just take away your ability to take any equipment in at all. Yeah, because you yep. start off as a a guest um, to the spa, um, and that's how it goes. And it's very high tech level as well because is it your robe? Or your clothes yeah. that determined whether you can go through certain yeah, like doors tagged. and things. Yeah, yeah, the whole so, thing's yeah. being controlled by Hal from um, 2001: <laughs> A Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have like a chip in your uh, dressing gown that will only let you through certain doors. Yeah. So if you want to get through the other doors, you have to either have a certain piece of equipment, which I think you can only get with with a higher mastery level, or steal someone else's robes to be able to get through those doors, or or steal a guard's um, clothing as well. So it locks off quite a large area of the um, the level to start with. Again, this is going to be another one. It's going to be a nightmare to get suit only stealth assassin on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, what did what did people think of the Hokkaido level then? I personally thought it was easy. See, I found it so hard. No, you see, I <laughs> I I think I did. I catch up on no I did, after doing Colorado, and I had to do it. So, because Colorado had, had glitched and I couldn't complete it, you can do the episodes in any order, but it does say that you may experience spoilers within the story and things. And I thought, oh, I really need to go back and do Colorado. So, I did Colorado, and then the next day I went straight into this. And I think because of doing that, I found this really easy, and I think right. I completed it within 20 minutes to half an hour, if that. Wow. On the first sitting. Um, the oh, first target okay. took him out pretty easy. Went in, crushed the heart, got out. Um, there was a few guards spotting me on the way out, and I just quickly ran to the car and jumped in. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's a good level, don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, but I just thought it was uh, possibly the easiest of the levels, unless it was just how I, I, I might have just been in the right frame of mind. Been, I think you must have been incredibly lucky because yeah. I found it's probably the most compact of the levels. Uh, and so you're, and and the fact that you have to change costume to be able to get through certain areas, um, 
it's really hard to find a place to be able to take out a guard or another patient cleanly without being spotted. Yeah. 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 Which is it why is. I went the route of um, disguising as the surgeon who takes drugs and you kind of follow him down to a secluded area where he's going to meet his dealer to get the drugs. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. was the that helicopter was, pilot, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so you can disguise yourself as the pilot and then kill him. But that was the only area where I could really find where there was like definitive like a way to isolate a character to get a new costume to do something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there wasn't a whole bunch of areas where you could take advantage of any sort of privacy kind of. Yeah, I kept on finding like the beginnings of opportunities. I would try and go down that path and then realized that I needed a particular costume and then couldn't work out a way to get that costume cleanly. Like one of the, because um, I think one of the ways you can do it is messing with the AI that controls the hospital yeah. and actually carries out the surgeries. And you need the hospital administrator's costume. And I have no idea how you get that. No, yeah. I went down he's, he's that never route on his so own. <laughs> couldn't work it out. Um, no. So yeah, I abandoned that one. So I used the surgeon to actually do the surgery and completely yeah. mess it up. And even that was tricky though, because I found if you're unlucky with the placement of the other like medical staff, some of them would see you doing it and mm. you'd be compromised. But when I ended up doing it in the end, I no one saw me mess about with the machines and I just cruised out as if nothing had happened. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I killed by using the uh, the cuttlefish or whatever it is the blowfish thing. The f- yeah, the fugu yeah, fish. Um, the fugu fish. Yeah. Yeah, and not um, preparing that correctly. Oh and that yeah, was a re- yeah, yeah. That was a relatively easy one to do because you could sneak mm. into the kitchen and there were two chefs, so you could isolate pretty easily. Um, bump one of them off, then bump the other one off, and then just there's three the knife targets and on go. this one, wasn't there? Just the two. Just the yeah, two. Just the two. Yeah. Yeah, so the guy and the surgeon, and then the other was uh, some woman, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the, the Japanese lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I took her out the the same way. Um, with the, I think I've taken every time I played, it, I've taken her out the same way, which is poisoning the fugu fish. I think there's other opportunities, but I either haven't tried them or I did and couldn't see how to get to the next point in that particular opportunity. Um, and then going back to what you were saying earlier, Ali, about like. Uh, Tannoy announcements kind of pointing you in the direction of opportunities. There's the guy who's there um, having uh, intensive plastic surgery to make him look like Helmut Kruger from way back in the Paris level. Uh, And the first time I got alerted to that is when you get an announcement to say, oh, so-and-so come to the the foyer to, to meet your doctor. And then when I restarted the level, I went and, and like looked for that guy and then found someone walking around up in the main area with a face covered in bandages. Yes. And then yeah. did you uh, did anyone get close to him before you knocked him out? Did he spot you at all? No, no, no I knocked him out but Oh right. Um if you uh, so like you can like, you can kind of like stay back and follow him until you find a place where you can knock him out. But if you get too close to him and he turns around and spots you, he starts making lots of comments about how you're stealing his look because <laughs> helmet looks so much like uh, Agent 47 uh, which was a nice little touch but um, I think this was yeah. the level where you spotted it or you told me about the Kill Bill easter egg as well oh yes oh, down in the morgue yeah, yeah, um, about it's one of my favourite uh, easter eggs so it's kind of like a two part there's like a, there's a in one part of the hospital there's like a ninja costume and a samurai sword 
but then down in the morgue of the hospital is uh, on one of the slabs is uh, someone who's obviously died in a motorcycle accident and they're wearing like a yellow like all in one leather motorcycle kit, uh, suit and a, and a yellow motorcycle helmet so if you get the samurai sword and then put in that costume you can just run around like Kill Bill and slice everyone up I'm not sure if there's <laughs> an achievement for or a trophy for uh, killing people with the samurai sword as well but I'm not sure I don't know I haven't looked at the trophies for that one to be honest but um, yeah that's that's one of my yeah probably actually yeah probably my favourite little easter egg in there specifically the way that you, you have to go and get two separate pieces of equipment if you want to cosplay as Kill Bill yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah that was, yeah, it was a good find it was a good find I think mm. I think I did it and it sounds like we all we all went for the woman in exactly the same way the, the Fugu yes. fish um, and that just it was a throwback to Silent Assassin for me um, back way back to Hitman 2 given um, given that's how I took out I think the last um, the last boss on that game was using the poison fugu fish mm. in Japan which was which was a nice touch um, yeah. I found that piece fairly easily or fairly easy to yeah, master that one's, that one's quite straightforward yeah, yeah. even if the poor kitchen hand took a knife to the face so that I could do it um, <laughs> it, it, it worked okay I did find and I get what you're saying Ali I think this was one of the easier levels and the yeah. fact it's so compact really helped that but I, I I paced around a lot trying to get the guy to figure out how's the best way to take him down and I kept coming mm-hmm. up against those barriers that seemed to say I needed other equipment or disguises that I couldn't figure out how to get or had never even seen um, that pre- mm. prevented me from progressing so I went for the heart as well um, but I used the um, basically the mood altering remote control for yes. the doctor yeah, yeah. to get access because yeah. without that I couldn't actually get into the room without the two two sort of bodyguards stopping me. Um, mm. it, it's a really nicely laid out level, but yeah. I think it is all about restriction. And yeah, I think it's one of those the, the level that's easy to play but hard to master. Mm. I think to get everything yeah. in it, it's it's going to be a tough one. But like you might. I don't know, just clicked and got it done. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it, it wasn't long before that I'd done Colorado, and that was, I, I did exactly the same. I saved an awful lot. I reloaded an awful lot during that one. And I think because it, you weren't at risk of getting spotted with every three paces you took, it it did make it feel easier, even though you, you didn't have, initially, didn't seem you had as many, um, as many options. Did any of you did any of you head into the room and watch the guy who was um, doing the like dance mat stuff on the games console? Oh yeah, the oh, DDR machine. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, just like, what the yeah. hell is this? <laughs> 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 I, I haven't figured out how you can use that to kill someone yet, but it's there and you can interact with it. So I assume that you can. Like, I don't know whether there's someone who will go and try it out. He's got a weak heart and you can put it on the, the highest difficulty and they'll die. I, I, I don't know, but yeah. That'd be a lovely touch, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's in the sort of like staff area, isn't it? Like a, a big screen TV and a, a Dance Dance Revolution yes. map. Uh, this is the level that I've played the least because uh, when did it come out? It's not been that long, has it? Oh, oh Jesus. Month, 31st of October. Oh, okay. So it's, been out, oh, yeah. it's been out quite a while yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it's just time to come out at a time when there's been lots of other games that I've been playing as well. Um, but yeah, I've only ever managed to take out the woman one way, uh, and I think I've only ever taken out the, the, the guy by um, destroying the heart as well. 
um, when I've been taking it seriously and, and not running around uh, in a Kill Bill costume killing everyone with a samurai sword. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there, there are, so, I mean, there's so many opportunities in there that I haven't explored. I really want to figure out how you can get the hospital administrator's costume and go and mess with the AI and yeah, muck up the operation like and things like yeah. that. Yeah, seems yeah, like one of the cleverer ways to do it. I think. Does it the with um, no disrespect to our friends over the pond, but they, you know the quite obnoxious American in the cowboy hat. Oh I yeah, I think he <laughs> plays a part somewhere, but I couldn't figure it out. And no, not me neither. I got bored of waiting, so I just went and did something else. But yeah, I think getting his costume might do something, but I don't know what. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what he's. I can't. Remember. He's there for a specific reason. Yes. Um, and like, yeah, you walk out into the balcony from the from the room that you start in, and he's out there having a phone conversation. Then he leaves, and then you can kind of like hop over the balcony and like shimmy over to his side and then go in. And then I think I did the same thing as like I waited for ages for him to to come back, and he didn't. Um, yeah, he's in a corridor as well, giving someone a, a royal arsehole and about something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. strange. There's an opportunity there, I guess, to get hold of medical staff costume because you can play with the mess with the equipment by the side of his bed that alerts the staff to come in. Um, but unfortunately, they don't. The member of staff doesn't come in on their own. There's usually like two of them at least. Um, so I think that might be a way you can get hold of that costume, one of those costumes, reasonably easily. But there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. But but yeah, it's just I need to explore that level some more. Uh, and figure out how you actually progress down some of the other um, opportunity paths. But um, fitting into the series, I reckon. Kind of went out the same way it came in, just but with a bit more depth and detail, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the only thing that's been released since then is the special um, freebie Christmas episode. Um set in the Paris level so it's another one that like a- anyone who's got even just the basic pack has access to but that mm. only came out what two, two or three days Tuesday, ago Tuesday yeah. Yeah, three days ago came yeah. out Tuesday and I think it's in so, association yeah. with um, uh, <laughs> some cancer, cancer research. research yeah yeah. Um, so they're, they're obviously asking people to give donations and things but if you even mm. if you've got the intro pack I believe you can you can play it and, and yeah. enjoy the Christmas side of things so have, have any of us played that one yet? No, not had time. No, 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 I've not <laughs> no, had time either. I haven't had a chance. No. I was hoping that I could get everything I needed to get done um, early enough to be able to give it a quick play before we jumped on the recording tonight, but um, ran out of time unfortunately, so I haven't played that one. Um, but uh, after we finish tonight, I think I might jump on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be doing. I think it's going to be quite a fun episode. I think. It's got yeah, something I, to do with getting Santa Claus's costume and And I think whatnot. you start off in Santa Claus's oh, costume you? and okay. you're trying to stop some people who are stealing presents like um on Do you like know who's stealing the presents? Like is it the wet bandits? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's brilliant. the actual wet bandits. Oh the man. actual like the character names and the models and look uh the wet so what is it? Harry and uh, Marv? Um, yeah. Marv, yeah. 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 Oh, I'll be playing that um, after so, yeah. this then. Oh yeah, because uh, I've read they, somewhere on get the, the press release that the presents have have a look in the presents because some of them have got interesting things that you can use as well. Oh right, oh, um, okay. so it's one of those games Sounds... where you've probably well, one of those levels, sorry, where you've probably got to uh, do quite a bit of investigation. But yeah, the, the, in the press mm. bump that they sent through, 
it was something they did put a thing in saying make sure you check out all the presents that you can open because there might be some hidden surprises in them. So whether there's something oh, stupid inside it that you can. I hope so. Yeah, I mean it'd be awesome if yeah. they adopted quite a lot of the Home Alone stuff and you can dress up as uh, who's the, the the guy that's the putting the salt out on the roads. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, um, I can't the, the old guy. Name. I forget yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah, or I don't know, kill someone by making them fall over some micro machines or something. <laughs> Tin of paint. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't have to do that play. Like, I wonder what sort of toys there'll be in there because whatever it is, it's gonna it's gonna have a um, it's gonna be tough to try and top the um, exploding rubber duck toy that you can get for. Mastering um is it on every level? It's definitely on Sapienza, isn't it? Uh do the exploding rubber duck. Do you open it in Marrakesh and then use it every or is it Sapienza you open it? I can't remember. I can't I've I've never unlocked it myself, but I remember watching um Andy plays <laughs> through the it was the Gary Busey elusive target yeah, in Sapienza. He, he nailed that one. <laughs> yeah. I tuned into that that uh, live stream thing, oh this is gonna be good, he's gonna be at this for a while. And he had it done in what, ten minutes? If that, yeah, he, he did it quickly. Yeah. He just threw a rubber threw the ro- exploding rubber duck at Gary Busey and his guards, detonated and walked <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I it might be I think I think it might be opens in Marrakesh, but when you've opened equipment you can use them anywhere. Because that yeah, yeah. remote exploding rubber duck has been my favourite method of, of getting some of the mm-hmm. elusive, elusive targets as well. I think is it. I don't think I've unlocked it yet. Is it Bangkok where you get where you can unlock the remote? Uh, you can unlock the exploding phone. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and I can't. What lever is where you unlock the uh, silence pistol that um, doesn't get detected when you're patted down by guards? Ah. Ah. That's a pretty handy piece so of equipment. Yeah. Is there a, a, a piece, a special piece of equipment that you can unlock from each level? Then I'm pretty yeah. sure there is. Yeah. And yeah. do you have to complete the level with that on your person? No, it's no. It's get, it's, you have to get the mastery level. Is it to, to unlock? Yeah. It? You, um, with each mastery level, it opens something up, and whether that's a starting ah, location okay. or a pickup point or a piece of equipment. But usually. Right. Levels 18, 19, 20, they're the ones that give you the really nice stuff. Need to play a bit more? It does. It, if you've made the effort and got your mastery in the earlier levels, you're obviously getting premium kit to then take into the following levels as well, so it does give you a little bit mm. of an advantage. Yeah. Uh, not with Hokkaido, obviously, but um, with all the other no. ones, you, you can take some really nice stuff in. Um, being able to stash a silent sniper rifle at the beginning yep. of um, Marrakesh was brilliant because I'd, I'd unlocked it through Sapienza um, mm. and it meant my first run through of Marrakesh was probably the easiest first run through of any level I've ever done because I just sat on a rooftop and took them both out um, but then you have to get into the hands on face to face stuff to really master the level anyway yeah, yeah. The one th- there's another thing that was that disappointed me a little bit about this game and it's, it's a silly little thing um, the silent sniper rifle uh, it's like you know, it's, it's one of the things that you want to get because it's such such a useful piece of equipment. Um, but you can only carry it around on your back, which means you need to be disguised as an armed character to be able to walk around with that gun. But do you remember the silent sniper rifle you got in like um, Hitman Blood Money, where it was in a briefcase yeah. and you just pick up the briefcase, get to your the point where you're going to snipe from, and then he would take it out and assemble it, and like it was a little cutscene of him like 
bolting the gun together and then you could take out your target and then put it back in the suitcase afterwards. Yep. I missed that. If you done yeah. the um if you had the Square Enix emails asking about your Hitman experience. Yeah, I was about to mention that myself, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've done it. I know Andy's definitely done it. We've put it in as suggestions for additional content, you know, briefcases for sniper mm. rifles, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And yes, please. It's that kind of feedback that's been working really well as they've done the oh, episodes yeah. and as they've done the elusive targets as well. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we do see it at some point. Because I, I think it's worth worth adding that they've. I presume they've had an outline for each of the episodes, but at the end of every episode, um, well, not at the end, but after a couple of weeks of it being released... Um, anybody that's signed up to Square and things and they've seen that you've played the game or played the episode, they actually send out a little email asking you questions about what you like, what you don't like about the level. Uh, and it does seem like that's that progression has actually happened and you can see the changes as, as you're playing the levels and um, that they're implementing these little bits for us. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice that they're engaging that much with the community and they, they do want to know if they're doing a good job. And because of the the episodes they're managing to implement some of the changes not all of them but they are managing to implement those uh, additions for us to to make it better yeah. for them mm. and for us it's a it's almost a it's not a different game but there's a lot different since i played it uh, on the night it unlocked after i preloaded it it, it the yeah. experience has altered a lot and it is it is purely down to um that feedback from the community like you said but also it was interesting, I'd heard an interview with the probably lead developer, um, how they were actually watching how people have completed the elusive targets um, and they've taken the feedback from how people are doing it to create the new ones. So the first couple of elusive oh, targets, okay. which I think, we're, I think we're probably going to talk about anyway, so it might be a good time to get into it. Nice segue. <laughs> yeah, cut that bit out that makes it sound like it's planned then. Um, the um, the first couple of elusive targets were actually quite easy. Um, yes. And they saw the feedback immediately. People were doing them straight away with no problems. Um, and the whole point of them, obviously, is that they are a challenge. So I think, was it the third one? I know I didn't do the third one. Um, but he suddenly ended up with four bodyguards. Um, and people were suddenly finding it a struggle. And it's because they'd seen how people had completed the first two and gone, right, we're not going to make it that simple. Then they moved, they sort of evolved, and they were watching at one point how the top players were completing them to figure out how to make them even more challenging. But obviously when you do mm. that, you suddenly start to alienate the people who are a little bit more casual with it, who just want to go and have fun. So do you yeah. end up with the ones, I think the, the, the latest elusive target is probably the first one I've completed in quite a while, um, where it wasn't overly difficult, if you knew the mechanics of the game, but if you were coming just straight at it fresh, you, you might have struggled. Yeah, which is perhaps yeah. why I found them so difficult then, <laughs> because uh, I came in part way through. It is um, it, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting comment, because I did think when I heard this interview, I thought, well, is that going to alienate the player base? For If you've not been at the game from the start and you haven't mastered every single level, is going into an elusive target that is pretty much impossible unless you know all the tricks of the area um, is it just going to put people off and, and does it detract from what you're actually trying to achieve which is a random event to make people keep coming back to the game so they don't play it, finish it at a level and then never never touch it again Yeah, the, the only thing for me and this is just purely time is that I haven't managed to even tackle 
half as many of the the, the elusive targets as I'd like because they obviously no. are timed. Yeah. There are some that they, they do vary, um, but it, it's the nature of it. It's great that it's there for me personally. I've only managed to do three or four, and obviously because of the nature of them, if you do muck them up, which I'm sure we all have at some point, oh, um, yes. that's it. That's it. It's gone. Um, yep. So I've only completed one, but it's not through, I guess, lack of trying. But I think I've only tried that one, Gary Boosie, and maybe a couple of the others. Um, and it's normally at a weekend, and you have things on at a weekend. It'd be nice if it started on maybe a weekday. I don't know. Obviously, everyone's different, but yeah. just for me, it's it's really good, and I love that edition. But I just personally haven't managed to try that many. How, um, how just how do you guys tackle them? Do you? No, it's on if if you get the time because I think I'm the same as you, Ali. I, I've I've done less than half of them, and I would love to have done more. But do do you um if you get the opportunity to sit down and do it, do you just go straight into it, one shot, bang? That's how yeah. that's how the developers intended. So that's how you play it. Or have you got another method? That's how I've tackled a couple of them, uh, and then learnt not to do that again because both the times I tried to do that, it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, what I would tend to do is like so take for example um, the twin um, which is one of my favourite elusive targets the one set in Sapienza with the two identical twins wearing the same clothes and the only way to distinguish who is the target and who is the one you're absolutely not supposed to kill is one of them's wearing a gold watch Um, and because they're wearing like long sleeve suits you can only spot it um, by being up close uh, so what I did was um, found out where they were and then just tailed them. Um, just followed them around the map so they'd done like a complete route and then started on the route again. So I was like, right, okay, figure it out. And then followed them around again until I figured out the exact right points um, to take them yeah. out. Um, and I figured out there's a bit where they stop at, uh, like there's an outside cafe area. And... Um, it's the only point where they kind of separate slightly. One of them sits down at a table and the other one goes off to answer a phone call. And I can't remember which one's which, but I figured out which one sits at the table, which one goes to answer the phone call. Um, went and got the silent sniper rifle, found myself a little perch that overlooked that area and then just waited for them to come back round on the loop. Uh, wait for them to separate, then shot the one who was the, the correct target. Uh, so it wasn't neat, um, but I got that one done. Um, so that's the way I've usually tried to approach them is like try and follow them on a loop to figure out where's the best place to take them out and then try and take them out there now that hasn't always worked but I've had a lot more success that way than just trying to go in and and just shoot them the only one where that didn't work um, was the one in um, one from not that long ago actually in Marrakesh where there were two targets yeah yeah go on And I could like you can't follow them both, um, so you, you have to pick one and try and figure out their route. Uh, and you think, all right, okay, so I'll I'll follow this one and figure out his route, and then I'll follow the other one and figure out their their route. Um, but then they throw a spanner in the works by saying, like I I figured out a, a particular place to take the one of the characters out. So then I reloaded it, went stood at that point, and then he didn't turn up. And then I realised, oh, their routes change. <laughs> um, you've said just what I was wondering because um, it's only with the more recent ones I've read bits and pieces that I've realised that people are doing that. You sort of play up to a certain point, as long as you don't engage it, engage it with anything, you can reload. 
and I, I did wonder, is that against what IO were aiming for? Because I've, I've never done that myself. Once I've gone into the level, that's it. I'm either doing it or failing. Um, but yeah. it was only very late on when I started to read people saying, oh, yeah, well, you can you can go and you can check out the routes, and then you can reload and actually have a go. Um, and that's, that's interesting that IO have realised people are doing that and are now making that difficult yeah. to be done. The They've most... quite obviously changed that because, like, that was the first time I noticed that with with the, the the two targets in Marrakesh, that their their patterns changed. And then the next one, the chef in the chef did um, that, yeah, yeah, the one that's being followed around by the by the crew, he doesn't stick to a set pattern either. Like up to that point, um, all the elusive targets had worked like every other character uh, every other npc and target in any hitman level like that's the thing one of the things that's so great about hitman is it's sort of just like it's like a clockwork machine everyone has a set path they have set routines yeah. and unless you go in and, ch and mess something up you go in and like throw a cog uh throw a spanner in the cogs everyone will stick to that set routine they will go to from point a to point b to point c and back again um it was those later elusive targets where they started. I mean, there's another one that's up um, that launched today, um, as recording December 16th, um, that I'm assuming is going to be doing the same thing. They don't stick to set patterns anymore. Uh, well, they, the, the lady from um, the, the was it last the last one, the yeah, old lady, the, she the angel of did, death. <laughs> but I think maybe she. I think they follow a set amount of routes, possibly. And then if you do yeah, restart it, they change. she would go back change. to that central area, didn't she? She'd go back to the middle of the market and then kind of mm. branch out to different areas of the market, then come back, then branch yeah. back out. So I Don't killed her by sabotaging a bike and then just waited for her to come to an area where she wants to come look at a, a teapot or something and then just shot the, the oil leak and blew them up <laughs> and then slid Brilliant. down the drain pipe and got out. Um, so I think they do follow a set pattern, but eventually I think it's a... It's sporadic or something. One I think it might be. I think it might be multiple. Yes, they're, they're still going to have set routes, but I think they have more than one route now. Whereas they used to have just one set route that they would take over and over again. Yeah, like I noticed that with the um, the Gary Busey one, um, because I wanted to. I wanted to hear all of his lines of dialogue. I just followed him. Um, and yeah, he's got like a specific route, and the same things will happen over and over again. If you just follow them around, uh, hmm. but yeah, it seems to have changed up a little bit. Yeah, has anyone got a particular favourite? I'm guessing most people's will be Gary Busey. Good afternoon, forty-seven. Your target is Hollywood legend and infamous loose cannon Gary Busey, code name the Wild Card. He is in Sapienza to film an advertisement, but is now refusing to participate. The following audio was captured as he fled the set. You'll never find me! I have the power of invisibility! This fiasco has cost the client millions, and they've decided to terminate their relationship with the target permanently. Complicating matters is the presence of an angry co-star, Gary Cole. However, he may lead you straight to your target. This is an odd one, but nothing you've not handled before. The clock is ticking, 47. Good luck. You got a lot of that. Didn't get to do it, but um, the videos I've watched of it is a pretty good one. Yeah. 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 Um. I think it is. I think it is the best one. Um, mm. If if I excluded beauty, um, it probably 
It's probably the twins again. I mean, I, yeah. I failed that because they swapped positions when I wasn't looking and I shot the wrong one. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a brilliant idea uh, that you really had to be observant and be up close. Yeah, and, and yeah, it worked. It worked really, really well. And I thought it was. A, I, I like the way they put little tweaks and changes into the level as well with furniture or obstacles or different locations of people but just that simple mm. mechanic observation tracking and, and just staying fully focused the entire time i really enjoyed that yeah yeah i'd say outside of gary Busey, that was probably my favorite as well any other particular standouts for anyone i quite like the black hat even though i failed that just because i think it was you were trying to that was one of the ones where you weren't shown like very much about him at all no. Um, and you kind of had to find where he was and I messed it up I finally figured out where he was and it turns out I was pretty much stood at the door where he was and I got killed which was really oh. frustrating oh, I, I, but, um, I, I killed him I think I slaughtered everybody in the room um, I made it all <laughs> the way to the helicopter and then got gunned down opening the door <laughs> oh, no. um, I think the angel of death for me was, was pretty fun because it's some little old lady that's got a a little granny mm. bag and a hat on and she's actually some real evil bitch underneath that's going around <laughs> poisoning people's tea and stuff uh, and then you've you've got Pushing to kill this sweet old lady that's not too sweet Do you but, know, uh, she was the easiest for me and it was yeah. just blind luck um, I started off you know the starting area the, 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 the main starting area where you sat down at a table in sort of like the bazaar area walked out and went over to the left um and I was just looking around thinking, right, okay, how do I get up onto... There's like a... I thought, maybe if I get up onto the rooftop, I'll be able to scope out a little bit more and maybe spot her. Uh, and I saw there was a building with a couple of guards outside. And then I looked up, and she was up on the top of the building, sort of like leaning over the top, looking down onto the street level. And I looked around, and there was no one nearby, so I just pulled out a silenced pistol and shot her in the head. <laughs> I think that one took less than a minute to do. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I mean, it wasn't clean or anything, but... I, I used Andy's trick. Um, they were looking in a carpet shop, so I threw an exploding rubber duck and ran off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the most fun way to take them out. But I've uh, I've missed quite a few. There's like There's been, including the one that dropped today, there's been 15, I think. Uh, there's I missed the first three because it was before I, got, I got, really got into the game. So the first one I had a chance at was the Gunrunner. Um, but I've tried most of them that have come out since then, and I've definitely failed more than I've passed by quite um, a yeah. large margin. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, have you uh, noticed that they've started putting rewards in for completing the elusive targets in particular countries as well now? No. So if you if um, you complete an elusive target in certain countries, you get a particular outfit. For that country, oh wow! It's just a basic suit change, but they've started adding that in, and I think that's only been over the last month or so, which gives me hope that they're going to start doing more elusive targets in other countries because there've been far mm. too many in Paris. Yes, um, and whilst it's helped me learn the level a bit better, I started to get really bored of elusive targets in Paris. And I know we, you mentioned it earlier on; it's absolutely right. Most people have that pack, so you put most of them mm -hmm. in there. So that you're not alienating everybody that's playing, but they need some variety and some variation. Um, so it, it just hints to me that if they're going to give you bonuses, because there always were bonuses for completing five—was it five, ten, and fifteen? 
elusive mm. targets and you were getting extra stuff for your plain black suit, but now they're doing um, country-specific ones as well. Oh, nice. I wonder if that'll change up now that we're getting uh, like a physical release of the full season, because I presume they're going to carry... I don't think the elusive targets take too much work. Like, a small section of the team can be putting out elusive targets whilst the main team is working on season two so they can carry on doing elusive targets going forward and now we're getting a physical release of like the whole season that might be more of a reason to to put more in some of the other countries yeah i think you're right yeah. that makes sense yeah. Hmm. yeah but it's something that can just keep on going i mean like the, the, the last episodes came at the very end of october and since then we've had three more elusive targets and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if they just keep on coming yeah, yeah I think so yeah yeah I don't see any reason for them to stop them really I imagine they're relatively easy for them to make as well yeah but yeah well I guess so the elusive target system is probably outside of like the, the main bulk of the game is is the is the most um, widely spoken about aspect of the game. It's, it's one of the things that's helped this game stay at the forefront of like gaming discussion over the year, at, aside from the fact that it's been dropping episodically, and so every time a new episode comes out, people or the gaming press is talking about it again. Whenever a new uh, elusive target comes out, people start talking about Hitman again as well. Yeah. But outside of that, there's plenty of other interesting ways to play the game. Um, so the escalations, uh, as far as I understand, weren't in the game at launch. Is that something? I think that's, that's something they patched in later. That's right. There were um, there were trophies for the escalations, I think, but there actually right. wasn't one to do, and it took quite, it oh, took okay. quite a while before it actually landed the first one in the training facility. Yeah, mm. yeah. But this is like a really interesting thing. I don't think this has ever been in a Hitman game before, um, and it fits perfectly because the game is it's so much about repetition. Um, giving you these these escalations where you have to take out a specific target in a particular way and then you go on to the next level you have to take out that target again in that same way and then move on to another target and take them out in a specific way and then another one and then another one up until I think it's like five is the is the top I think it only goes up to five yeah. escalations but um, they're really really good and because they're not like I don't think that it's ever the, the, the main targets in a level it'll be take out this specific guard in a certain way like the one I mentioned earlier from the Colorado episode where the first level of the escalation is to go into the um, bomb disposal area, knock out a guard, put him in the wood chipper and then shred him uh, and then move on to the next level and then the next level um, yeah the escalations are brilliant it's a bit like um, a gruesome Simon Says isn't yeah. it? You, you, like you say you do that first element and then it adds a layer so you have to do that first element again then figure out your second layer then you get your third third task and you have to do the first two again and then do the third and then your fourth one will hit and it'll change up the first two and mm. it, it's, it is you're right, it's really nicely done um, and you're on your toes for the entire time, just when you think you've got it nailed, it chucks something in that confuses you. Have either of you uh, Ali and Adam, have you tried out any of the escalations at all? I find them too hard to be honest, I can get, <laughs> really? two, I can get two or three into each one and then I just find them a bit too tricky if I'm mm. entirely honest, so it's something I want to try and get into because I feel like that's um, like another level of play, kind of. But yeah. Well, maybe I'll find time over the Christmas holidays to have a pop. Some. It's something to. It's like it's. Um, 
it's so it's just like another layer of something to do because the the episodes is like a month or so between each episode coming out. It's like yeah. once you've played through an episode a good number of times, and you kind of got the lay of the land and you understand where things are, then jumping into the escalations, it's like if you jump straight into that when you're going to a level, they'd be really daunting and nigh on impossible. Yeah. But once yeah. you understand a level a little bit, um, it's just an extra layer of challenge on top of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've tried one or two, um, mm. but it's nothing more than that really. Um, mm. just, just purely because there's been a ridiculous amount of games out. Um, yeah. And yeah, sometimes I, I struggle to get the missions done or even an elusive target done. But it, it does just show you that there's much more to each level than just the main mission, which is which is really nice. Um, and like Adam says, it's something I want to get into. It's just finding the time really, like it like it is with most games. Yeah, there is. There's so much to do in each level because, well, as like the the set opportunities and the escalations, you've got the different challenges um, that usually tie together in um, like triplets. Um, they're always given like a weird uh, cryptic crossword sort of name, uh, and it's you have to go in and take out the target in a particular way then restart and take out the target in a, in another way and then restart and take out the target in a third different way to one to complete that challenge um, and they're really good fun as well uh, and then on top of that there's also the uh, something I haven't really gone into too much but the the contracts yeah yeah where you can create a uh, you, you pick a character from the level and set stipulation that they need to be killed out, uh, killed uh, you can either set like wearing any costume using any weapon or be really like tough with them and say like you must be wearing this costume and you must kill them in this particular way um, it, which is a just something uh, just another thing you can do in the levels and it's kind of cool because it's all um, created by the user base as well it, uh, have any of you tried out any of these at all yeah it, it is like you say, it's, it's a nice layer on top of more things to do, and definitely that UGC aspect is great to keep keep a community engaged. Um, and they've they've built on what was in Absolution, um, because the contracts mode started in there, um, and that yeah, was a yeah. really nice that was a really nice thing. I mean, I think um, me and Andy set each other contracts on King of T- mm, Chinatown yeah. for weeks. We were setting <laughs> each other challenges, so we were really excited about this. Knowing the scope of the levels, definitely after the beta and everything else, and then you get into Paris. Um, so you start the contracts mode up, and it's awful to begin with. In the first few months, it's absolutely terrible, it, non-functioning. Um, you couldn't even you couldn't even share your contracts with your friends. You could only pick contracts that were in the um, either the featured, which never changed for three months. Or were um, in the just added section, and the just added mm. section I think only let you scroll through about thirty or so. And if you can think, there were hundreds of thousands of people playing this. Yeah. You, you could never see which ones your friends had created. It was, it was fundamentally shite to begin with. Mm. They've added search <laughs> functions. They've added other bits and pieces. You could start adding backstories. So they're really gradually expanding it. But I think because it didn't mm. work to begin with, I'm now not interested in it. And I haven't played it since before Sapienza came out. There's only two things for me for, for, on this. One, it's quite an easy achievement or trophy to get if you set up your own. There's a little tutorial, nice, yeah. nice trophy to get there. Um, yeah. And the only thing that I think I'm hoping they can get around um, for 
the next one um, is that it should be cross-play. There's no yeah, reason should, yeah, cross why yeah. it should be restricted because everyone's got the same level, everyone's got the same equipment, and other than what you're physically playing it on, doesn't really serve you any advantage. No. So that should just go across all absolutely all platforms. Yeah. 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 You assume it'll be it'll be on the Hitman server. So like, um, I'm playing it on PS4. Uh, assume are you playing it on PS4 yeah. as well? Yeah, and uh, Adam and, a- and Ali, you're both playing it on Xbox One. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so we can't. So if you guys set a challenge, uh, a set a contract, I can't play it, and vice versa. Um, and yeah, considering it's it's almost definitely stored on the Hitman servers, uh, I don't see any reason why it can't be yeah. across wow. the two platforms. Because yeah. it's just the data of each thing, isn't it? Like the yeah. code, it's yeah. very frustrating. I don't understand why it's not just. The same oh. servers that everyone's accessing. Yeah. It, yeah, maybe something we should send them feedback about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Oh, I, I, I wrote them lots of feedback about contracts in the early days. And this may have changed because, like I said, I haven't played it in, in a while and they, they may have improved it. Um, but even specifying whether um, you have to wear a particular outfit or use a particular weapon, weapon it's not a fail state for that contract. It's just it deducts right. your score, um, yeah. which is a little bit disappointing because oh, okay. you kind of what you've got in escalation. I'd love those tools in the contract so that you could you could specify people, um, those uh, changes that it does make, or that you fail if you don't do it in a particular order or a particular way, um, so that you you do have those options to make something really challenging or really interesting for your friends or for people that you want to share it to, and it feels like it's just a bit by the numbers at the moment whilst they're focusing on the main game content and the elusive targets it's not to say there aren't some good ones out there because I think there are yeah, um, yeah. We, we the one we played at, um, at EGX that was really really nicely done um, yes yeah. but it's just it, it feels like it needs more tools to make something of it yeah, and I guess it's a problem of curation. It's the same issue that's that's bugged um, Super Mario Maker since that game came out is trawling through all of the bad ones to try and find the good ones. Yeah. Can you search? I mean, I haven't I haven't looked at it myself in quite a while. Can you search by like people on your friends list? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm cautious only because I th- I'm sure you can. I'm sure you right. can now look at, at that, but this reset, I believe the reset of the global leaderboards fairly recently as well when they implemented one of the changes. Um, and I don't know if that altered anything. I don't know if old contracts are still there or if they got wiped um, and it started again. I haven't delved into it to have a look, but I'm fairly sure you can search by criteria. I, I remember using it when the search engine first went in and thinking, God, this is the worst search engine I've ever used because it it just wasn't helping but um, yeah. I think that's improved again but a lot of it seemed to be done by contract number so if you knew what the number mm. was you could just search for that and, and you were away okay so I guess to, to sum up um, do we think that this Hitman was a success because I think I wasn't alone in being a little bit apprehensive before the game came out and it, given the, you know, the episodic nature of it which is a departure from previous games in the series well, I take it that me, Ali, and and Adam will think it was a success, considering we named it our game of the year. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's it's really really good. Um, mm. They had a few issues at the start, which they they rectified pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, say pretty quick, but they they, they have rectified and and I, I think it's only got better. Obviously, we we're all a little bit apprehensive when a level goes back to a contained area as opposed to being a bit more open. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they've they've taken that on board and built on that from the um, the likes of the uh, the, the feedback and things that maybe there wasn't as lot as much to do from the Paris mm-hmm. level when you go back to it, it it's good but it's just not quite as good as others so um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's been a really good success and probably one of the, uh, the, the the main forefronts for the where a, a Episonic uh, model works for a game mm-hmm. and where it doesn't obviously we've got other examples of that but it works really well yeah and Matt, you've already alluded to the fact that you think it's the, it's the best game in the series. Oh, without doubt. Without doubt for mm. me. Um, Blood Money was the high point. Um, yep. And I, I always wanted something that could beat Blood Money. And this has. It's got all the variety of mechanics that were there and then some. It's got its issues. Um, but the, the things you can completely ignore. It had its problems at launch. Like Ali said, they're gone. Um, now you're actually down to the full-on retail release. It is a solid game that works seamlessly. That they're still evolving and still working with. Um, so for me, it's been, it has been an absolute success. And I was very wary um, after the beta, um, and then after just Paris, I was thinking, have I have I sunk forty quid into something that's not going to deliver? Um, yeah. Especially since I have to wait over an eight or well, six to eight month period to get everything for it so I was apprehensive mm. and, and no it, it has justified itself all the way through it has been really yeah. really good I think one of the things to, to, to very quickly mention just jumping back in is that the game's that good that um, the, the three of us apart from Adam who's in a completely different country uh, all queued up at Eurogamer to play it again even though we can yeah. go home and play it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. even though you can go and play it at home and all it was was just a, a, an extra uh, uh, contract that you could do, a different contract to win a little model, um, mm. it, we all queued up and did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that just goes to show um, that the game's that good that we'd queue up. Granted, it wasn't a long queue, but we still had to spend 20 minutes of our life waiting to play a game that you could just go home and play whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a good <laughs> That's point. That's very true. And and mm. I think there was just a select few of us that came away with those models, wasn't there, Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't go in with you guys. I I went in on my own. Um, how many of you guys got the got the model? I've got one, but not from that. I had oh, one right, okay. from the last time it was at Eurogamer. Yeah, I um, that was my second one. Um, <gasps> I, oh, I, I heard some. Did I hear correctly that um, that you were like the, 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 one of the members of staff was trying to get you to come off the console? You're like, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was running to the exit <laughs> when he was getting us to uh, to finish, um, and so you were stood over his shoulder watching, and he he let that through. But the the oh, little nice. models that they gave, I I won one of those with the PS3 Sniper Challenge because I think for oh, wow. a number of weeks, each week they took the top ten highest scores. Um, and Ooh. sent them uh, a little prize, and I won of those. Won one of those one week as well. Um, wow! So, uh, but it was it was it was satisfying just to do it. 
or just to do it in that mm. in that 20 I think I had about 23 minutes instead of 20 um, but yeah. it was definitely definitely satisfying to do that uh, but you but you're yeah, right when I, it when I did it um, when, when I did it and like I like I finished in like 10 minutes I was looking around I think there were some other people who had never played it before because they were having to consult like the little piece of paper they'd got there with the controls on and I had to wander around for a little while trying to find a member of staff um, <laughs> found with the guys was like I've, I've done it and he's like oh if he, first of all he says like oh have you given up and I said no 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 I've done it and he went over and was like oh okay um, do you want to have another go and I was like there's absolutely no way that they're all going to line up that perfectly for me again I'm done I'll take my toy and go <laughs> Uh, Adam, uh, so this was your first uh, yeah. experience of Hitman. Um, so I definitely think it's been a success, and a, most of his success is, I think, owed to the episodic uh, nature, I guess, despite like, uh, Ali and Andy both talked about the woes it kind of had at the beginning. Mm. Um, so I guess it's a testament to how well they were able to turn around some of those issues, and then the continued like quality of every part of the content that made it what it is like it would have only taken one either one broken episode or one really bad episode and that could have killed all the momentum um yeah and they've really spaced out well the uh elusive targets like you've had two or three a month pretty much since may um so yeah and i i'm i'm glad i jumped in because it's not really stealth games aren't really my sort of thing um, I kind of thought this game had a bit of a reputation for being, like, I guess, difficult. Mm. Uh, but I feel like this is a good jumping on point. Like, there's definitely ways for newcomers to jump in. Like, the opportunity system works really well to give you like, three or four different ways to kill each target in each level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as a newcomer, it's definitely been a success. I was just going to say, obviously because Adam alluded to it right at the start of the episode that listening to other podcasts and watching videos is what's made him buy the game and I think Kev mm-hmm. from, from LGR as well he's extremely tempted but holding off at the minute um, mm. but do you guys find that that listening to other people and like listening to, to Matt and Andy talk over at Code at Moments about one of the missions that they've done do you find it's those kind of things that you're thinking I really want to go and play it now and then you go yeah, back yeah. And it kind of gives you that encouragement to go and go oh yeah I haven't thought about doing it that way it's that like little community that you kind of like yeah. listening to people and going oh yeah I need to go yeah. do that it's that's it's been absolutely been the case for me. Like I've like a, a new level will come out and I'll jump in and play it and and have a lot of fun with it. Uh, and then I'll I'll go away and I'll hear them, the guys over at Giant Bomb or or um, uh, Matt and Andy over at Codic Moments like talking about the game and talking about a way they found to take out one of the targets. I'm like I haven't tried that. I need to get back on it. And then as soon as I get home, I load the game up and try that out. Like the it's really worked. Um, like I was saying earlier about how the the games stayed at the forefront of uh, I guess of of the um, uh, talk about uh, about gaming in 2016 because the episodes have come out as they have and the elusive targets dropping you know every few weeks um, it's there's there's always a, a reason to go back to that game yeah yeah totally. yeah and kind of, um, the other thing is kind of like there's no perfect way to do the level I guess you've got the silent assassin but um every way you could possibly beat the level has its merits kind of or mm-hmm. has its humor like some of them are hilarious to watch and stuff and i think that also plays into 
yeah. keeping you going back. If if the ways you were hearing were different but boring, it wouldn't get you going back. But the fact that I've heard podcasts um, and people have talked about ridiculous ways that I didn't even know were a thing, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, it keeps you like you have to go. Like as soon as I found out about the exploding golf ball, I was like, okay, I've got to go find this. I didn't even. Yeah. So I'm not even necessarily. I try my best not to spoil things. So if I hear somebody mention something, that's sometimes enough for me to like pause and run off and go and play it. Yep. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, the golf ball thing took me a while to find out and work out how to actually pull it off and stuff. But just hearing that was enough for me, kind of. Yeah. 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 Totally. So, yeah, List- listening to other people, it, it definitely, it, like I say, even if you're already in with the game, um, hearing what other people are doing and how they're, they're tackling it, it, it really helps. And there's something you mentioned, Adam, about um, uh, it potentially being too difficult or maybe having mm-hmm. the impression that it is a bit of a hardcore game because I think some of the earlier titles were. They were well, very, yeah. very tricky and very precise uh, until you got the knack of them. And this one is a lot more forgiving. If you if yeah. you get it wrong, some of the levels, we talked about Colorado quite a bit, you'll, you'll die if you get that one wrong. But some of the early ones, if you get it wrong, you've got a get out or an escape or a quick reaction mm. that just works in your favour. So it probably does make it a lot more accessible than some of the older titles. Yeah, I know a lot of people who I think would really like this game, but have been put off because they're not fans of um, they're not fans of stealth games. Uh, and something I've always tried to get across is that. The Hitman games aren't like other stealth games. Like in almost every other stealth game, it's all about like shifting from cover to cover and hiding in the shadows. Um, Hitman is all about hiding in plain sight. Like you don't really spend that much time crouching behind cover, um, apart from in like a few little um, areas where like, you, you're trying to wait for one character to move away so you can take out another one and steal their clothing. Most of the time, though, you're just walking about, just in disguise and sometimes mm-hmm. not even that um, so it's just it's a very different stealth game than pretty much any other stealth game that's out there yeah mm-hmm. um, and also like unlike any other stealth game it is all about playing the level over and over again like in most most stealth games like if I was playing Dishonored or, or something like that um I'd want to play it as stealthily as possible, and so you play through it. Uh, if you get spotted, then you quit and, and, and reload a previous save. Uh, once you've got to the end of that area, that's it. That's done. Like you've got no reason to go back unless you're not entirely happy with how stealthily you got through it. Like you've got no reason to replay it. The same with any other stealth game, you've got no real reason to replay it. Um, but Hitman is all about playing those levels over and over again, and it kind of always has been. Um, it's just with the other games when they've come out, it's like you get the disc. And all the levels are on there. So you play through a level and then you're kind of pushed on to, to play in the next level. And you didn't have that much incentive apart from your own enjoyment to, to play the level over again. But because this has come out in episodes, you kind of didn't have a choice. And so it's forced you into playing Hitman. Or people who maybe didn't uh, didn't play Hitman that way. It's forced them into playing Hitman the way that it should have always been played. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of hints and helps along the way as well. Um, which is which is really nice. You don't have mm. to um, figure everything out for yourself if you don't want to. There's a lot of uh, you can click on it and go right. Okay, I'm going to try and do do this part to help me to get this costume or kill this guy. Um, and there's little markers to help you, and you, you still got to do a hell of a lot of work to get there. 
but it just helps you guide you through that level but you can turn it all off if you want and go 100% hardcore but um, it, it's accessible for everyone and I think yeah. if you're even remotely interested give it a go and see what you think mm. uh, just going to give another quick plug to a, a, a YouTube channel that um, Adam you alerted to me to earlier in the year that we've plugged a few times yeah, talked about um, a lot yeah Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, he did uh, an excellent episode called uh, Hitman and the Art of Repetition. Uh, yeah. It's well worth a watch. It kind of just very succinctly sums up why that why the the, the 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 episodic model works and why Hitman is why it works. So you can replay the levels over and over again, and it just never gets boring. Um, so check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to this episode. Yeah. Um, one thing I guess we haven't talked about is. It's been confirmed there's going to be a season two of uh, Hitman. Um, so where would we like to see the game go in season two? What sort of locations would we like to see? Have we got another couple of hours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the episodes, though, do you guys think it's using exactly the same game? So, for example, I yeah. think Division are doing it and uh, Rainbow mm-hmm. Six has where they've got a season two pass. So do you think yeah. that's what it'll be? It'll just be a continuation? Yeah. Nothing needs to be yeah. done to that engine. Yeah. All no. they need to do is just create good levels. They can make tweaks along the way, as they have been with Season 1, um, with you know, listening to the player feedback and making appropriate adjustments, but they don't need to bring out... An- they don't need to make a new engine or anything like that. They can just make another season of content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the, the title comes in, with it just being purely... Hitman season two. There's there's yeah. no subtitle or anything to it like there has been for a lot of the previous mm-hmm. games. E- even the first mm-hmm. game was Hitman Code for Codename Forty Seven. Um, yeah. So I, I think it just it leaves it open so that they can just add as much yeah. content as they want for this entire console it's, generation. I guess it's like it's less of a game, more a platform. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For them to just keep on releasing content. Um, we did have a little chat about this in on Twitter, on Twitter about yeah. where we'd like to see the game go in season two, and there were some some very interesting suggestions. You could see who was having a bad day at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget who suggested it, but I I liked the idea of the racetrack. I feel like that opened up a lot of op- different opportunities and stuff. Yeah, is that you, Ali? I think it yeah. was you. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, I just thought it'd be a good a good setting. Um, I don't think it's anything we've seen um, in a Hitman game, whether it's during a race day or a practice day or something like that. But the the scale of crowd you could have there and dressing yeah. up as a mechanic and sabotaging cars or whatever, it could be very dull, but it could also yeah. be extremely horrific and... Yeah, I remember we, we spitballed this for a while, didn't we? And we, we thought like maybe if it was like set in Monte Carlo, yeah, during mm-hmm. like a classic Grand Prix sort of thing, and your target was some rich businessman who had gone there to drive a car around the track, and there'd be plenty of opportunities to to mess with them. Yeah, yeah. And whether you have to pose as a, a replacement driver if a guy's just crashed his car or something with a broken leg, or endless, endless. Yeah, I, I think that's the the thing is like. Matt said we could talk for hours about this hmm. because it pretty much is endless. Anywhere you think there's a potential for uh, a need for a hitman, which is probably anything and every situation you can imagine, mm-hmm. it'll be yeah. there. Uh, it just depends on how extreme they take it or don't, but then they have covered the terrorist thing, so... Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd quite like to see one set at like a gig, uh, in like a concert in like a, a like a uh, you know a big um, a big venue um, where you could be like mingling with the uh, in in amongst the crowd, but then also being able to get backstage. Uh, maybe posing as a as a, a techie or something like that. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, there's, there's just like the limits of what they could. The, it is almost limitless to so like where they could take take this game. Um, there's one idea that I has there ever been a level set in an airport? Because there was definitely uh, there was a series of boards in Hitman Go that was set in an airport. That was, was really good. I was about to say someone did mention this on Twitter. I don't th- yeah. think there has been. No. Um, no. And that would be pretty good as well yeah and yeah. i think um actually candy who was, who was meant to join us on this one unfortunately hasn't been able to um he mm. mentioned when the airport idea came up and they said what about um on an a380 so set yeah. on a massive possibly in the sky as well where yeah, yeah. A, it'd be a constrained level a tight level but if they, if they design it right you've got a huge amount of potential in that yeah. To be fair, that the aircraft off Passenger Fifty Seven, which is nowhere near that size, um, being a, a little bit of a spotter, um, but um, yeah, they could just kind of make up an aircraft. I guess it could be a like something off uh, Skyfall. There's a lot of uh, 007 references here, uh, where it's some new airline that's or yeah. aircraft. Yeah, they could. They could, so they they could, could even have do like that, a floating city or something. Yeah. Like it's. Eight. You've made a, a couple of like James Bond references and. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, it's something it you mentioned on Twitter, wasn't other, it? Yeah, it's it's something that's been said by other people. Like this, Hitman is probably the closest thing we've got to like a James Bond game. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think if you dialed down the stealth and up possibly the hand-to-hand combat, that would probably make the perfect James Bond game. Mm-hmm. But like you say, this is probably the closest we'd get to almost playing 007. Um, yeah, and if, if, it's just not as story driven. But yeah. well, I was Pretty I was good. just gonna say, keeping it spoiler free, but the the last cutscenes in the last level were quite Bond esque in terms yes. of the story the setup for the next season. Mm. And I I just thought yeah. it, it's going for that global conspiracy. And espionage theory, which mm. does sit perfectly in the Bond world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if yeah. they could get the license for it, they could they could make a, a perfect game, even if it's you know literally using the Hitman engine, but uh, and everything they know about espionage and just banging it into one one game, it'd be it'd be really good. Yeah, yeah it would. Yeah. And Hitman Season 2 is already in development. Um, they're definitely IO that's developing it. I, I presume it would be there. Oh, yeah. It can't be anybody else, yeah. can it? Like we say, if it's just a continuation, it'll just be possibly March again. Um, yeah. Here's another level, basically, but you've got to get a new season pass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like it means. I guess they can continue doing this. To be honest, if they don't need to build a new engine or anything like that, um, they can just they can turn around content pretty quickly. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. we could be looking at potentially having season two dropping uh, in Q1 of next year, um, and probably uh, elusive targets ongoing until then, just to keep the game like fresh in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, I think it's probably they stick with that. It could be something that we could be playing for years. I, I guess the only delay or cushion it could be summer or winter because obviously the physical edition doesn't release until January, about twenty eighth, yeah. something oh, like that's that. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. whether they give that a breathing space um, or it's just look, most people, most, most things are digital these days. See how the figures do um, because obviously. I don't know where it stands in terms of releasing the physical edition in January and then March, April time we've suddenly got season two and people could be looking out, I've only just started, I'm only just in Sapienza or wherever. Um, yeah, but then I guess there'd be it'd be another year before there was a physical release of season two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see so if you've if you've gone down down that route and you you're only ever wanting the physical edition, you're right, if you you're a year apart. Um but mm. I I would I know we haven't got a date, but I'd hope it would be towards the end of March, early April, yeah. um, and keep it in a yearly cycle. Because, like I said, as long as they've mapped out the countries and the scenarios, it's just a matter of building the levels. Um, so yeah. hopefully it won't be too long. If, if we're left waiting a year for season two, I think they'll lose interest, or rather the fans will lose interest in really getting into the story missions. Um, because you'll just get bored of elusive targets you know, every two or three weeks. Is there anything other than obviously fantasy levels? Is there anything anybody thinks they'd like to change mechanically, um, or any of the feel of the games, any menus or anything, or is it just other than obviously your sniper suitcase? Is it just more levels, more variety? Yeah, just more of the uh, same for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything like mechanically. It's it's the best uh, that Hitman has ever played. Um, I haven't got any problems with the UI or anything like that. Uh, it, if they if they change too much, it wouldn't feel like Hitman. Yeah. Like I, one of the complaints that people, a lot of people have about playing Hitman, if they're not fans of it, is that um, doing things that you would do in other stealth games or other action games feels a little bit clunky. But I've always felt that that's kind of deliberate because that's not the way you're supposed to be playing this game. Like if you play it the way it's supposed to be played, it feels perfect to play yeah so they don't really need to change anything mechanically about it um maybe putting up yeah cross-platform uh, support for the contracts um and a few other little things like that that can be i imagine could be relatively easy to fix um yeah they don't need to change too much just need to give us more excellent levels and interesting locations with um horrible targets that we're more than happy to murder yeah yeah do you think <laughs> they should have a another set of training missions or do you think just go straight into a another level bang there you go season two we're starting with uh, i don't know germany or something i don't know um or do you think it deserves a another training thing because they were really good but for new players uh, i don't know really maybe. just for something new maybe to add in mm. some maybe new mechanics if there's something yeah they maybe if to they add add new mechanics yeah um if they added new mechanics that would make sense but otherwise I guess they could the other ones would still exist wouldn't they they could still yeah. be the same tutorial so they could stick with the yeah. same ones I'd, I'd, I'd go straight in straight into the new episode yeah. um, yeah. the, the only mechanic change I'd, I'd like and it's one I'd, I noticed specifically on Hokkaido uh, but I've seen before is um, I'd like the ability to subdue people while you're on the stairs because all you seem ah, to do yes. is punch people in the knees or the back of the True. head, um, yeah. and that's slightly frustrating when you can be perfectly stealthy on a level surface. Yeah. I know you don't care about politics, 47. 
that ICA is neutral, or as has been. Can't allow ourselves to be manipulated. Besides... It's happened before. Italy. Morocco. Paris. All our clients got their intel the same way. Anonymous tips from a hidden source. Each contract perfectly legit, yet part of a grander design. I don't see the pattern. Somebody does. The board has asked us to chase down this shadow client, and our analysts are closing in as we speak. I know that tone. Someone's playing a game, 47. The question is... against whom? Well, that wraps up our look at uh, Hitman 2016. Uh, Matt, thanks very much for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, thanks very much for having me. It's been good. Yes, Not a problem at all. Yeah, if you have any, if like any of the listeners, if you've got any uh, thoughts of the game or uh, any other titles in the series, if you've got any interesting or quirky suggestions for where they can go in season two, then uh, you can get in contact with us through the the usual means. Uh, you can reach us via email at lapsgamerradio at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LapsedGamer, and you can like and leave comments on our Lapsed Gamer Radio Facebook page and add yourself to the LGR Community Facebook group. Um, while we're on the subject, uh, do uh, check out the Lapsed Gamer YouTube channel as well as our occasional Lapsed Gamer Twitch channel broadcasts. Um, I think I might uh, record, I'm going to play through the Christmas level when we finish the recording, and I'm going to record that and stick that up on the YouTube channel. And of course, for more uh, additional content, uh, for more information about episodes and contact details, you can head over to our blog, which is at lapsedgamer.com. Uh, finally, you can find all our podcast episodes to stream or MP3 download at our Podbean web address, which is lapsedgamerradio.podbean.com. Uh, so thanks for listening today, and I guess all I have to be said is uh, goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye.